Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today we are bringing you Season 2 of the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Hello everybody and welcome back to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will, I'm a D&D sex icon and we're back today for another episode, in fact the final episode of The World Tree Burns. This is indeed our season 2 finale, potentially the last ever episode of The World Tree Burns. You never know. You never do know. You know, we could all TPK. Um, there's a very possible, we don't have glance for the first hour of the show. He's running back to, uh, to us through, uh, interdimensional travel. Uh, yep. anything can happen. I, I don't trust us enough to not die to today's episodes, certainly given season one finale. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens today. At the end of today's show, we've got some big announcements, so stay tuned for that. We've been teasing you guys on Twitter because I'm such a tease. Uh, but let's get around the cast and the crew today. Let's remind ourselves of who we are and who we're playing. We have our illustrious Dungeon Master, it's Dan Dillon with us today. Dan, how are you feeling today? Oh, I'm great. I'm uh, I'm good. I'm ready for this. It's been a long time coming, and we've had delays and bumps on the road here and there this season, but that's all right. We're all here, and I'm delighted to be playing with y'all. So, uh, yeah, I'm Dan Dillon. I'll be our Dungeon Master for this evening in the World Tree Burns. We're doing some 5th edition Dungeons & Dragons set in the delightful world of Midgard from Cobalt Press. So, yeah, let's get to, let's get to it. Yeah, uh, awesome. And we have Simply Jackson back of us tonight. Simply, how's it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm especially good now knowing that I still have this guy up here. This crit that I forgot that I had <laughs> at some point yeah. today. Uh, I am a writer broadcaster on Twitch. I make art, I play games, but more importantly, during this broadcast, I uh, will play as Tilly, the dwarf uh, fighter. Almost said bard. <laughs> I have no AC right now. My brain is melting. But oh, no. uh, I'm excited to be <laughs> That's why I was like, I normally wear sweaters and stuff, and I was just like, what do I have? It's almost nothing because it's so hot, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but this is going to be fun. I'm so nervous. I'm so excited, but I'm so nervous. Absolutely. It's pretty hot here today, too. That's so why I'm unprecedented amount of four buttons are undone currently on the shirts. Stay calm, ladies. Uh, McCloken, how's it going tonight? <laughs> Hi, I'm McLoken. Uh, my shirt is staying on. I apologize. Um, so uh, I am uh, uh, I am playing our gnome ranger cloak from Neheim, who is honest and most straightforward with everyone in the party. Uh, and you know what? He doesn't. Uh, he has nothing to hide. That's a, that's all I gotta say. Uh, on the internet, I guess I don't know. My Instagram has me being fit. That's it. <laughs> You trimmed your beard. Yeah, I did trim my beard. It's a, it's the it's just the right like length and thickness that I like. Um, so it, and, and it's not super long anymore. I need beard oil than that, by the way. Yeah. Mm. All right, that's all I needed. Do you want to be my oiler? Uh, <laughs> yes. <that's all> I, <laughs> I did. I didn't need to hear that today, but. Please, please add it to the quotes list. Uh, I'm Scarlet Moth, 
You can find me at that Scarlet Moth on Twitter. I'm an artist, cosplayer, lover of D and D, and today I'm your dead bird grandma because I love this show and I really don't want Dan to kill us off, please. I, never I don't want to kill you either, grandma. <laughs> but I will if I have to. Yeah, and I have as to, a nice juxtaposition, it's only uh, it's only five degrees here at the moment, so I've got the heater on. Oh, hemispheres. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy hemispheric witchcraft. Global warming, am I right? We're not talking about it. We've got, uh, don't have tall score with us today. <laughs> we will, though. We will. Um, we will do in 20, 40 minutes or so, um, because God damn it, if we don't need Glaz uh, at tonight's party, because uh, uh, he brings he brings the deeps for us. Um, but I will be playing Riyadan, the Dampier Paladin, who's uh, an Overvengeance Paladin, ready to kill some heretics. Uh, like I was saying before, I've learned my spells, I've memorized them. I'm not going to forget anything today. <laughs> oh, God. Is I'm that nervous. a is that a magic item, making a bet? Every class feature, every <laughs> skill proficiency, he knows it all. I, I, I am truly a master of Dungeons and Dragons. I know every every roller is to know. Um, nope, no idea. We're, we're just going to roll a dice and hope it rolls high today. Um, but before we get started into tonight's finale, quick reminder about a couple of things. The first of which is, of course, we're here on the courtesy of Kobold Press. If you haven't gone and checked those guys out yet, koboldpress.com is a place to go and learn about Midgard. Go buy the PDFs, go uh, check out uh, the, the, the books, the Midgard interactive map. There's so much stuff to check out there about Midgard. It's a fantastic dark fantasy world that we've been playing in for the past 32 weeks now. If you're unconvinced by now, well, then maybe you can go back and watch some of the previous episodes on YouTube and, uh, and check those out. Kevin the Hit, thank you for the sub, my friend. Uh, let's see what else. We're also sponsored today by FancyGrounds.com, our virtual tabletop of choice. Uh, you can go download that demo version. It's free on their website or via Steam. So go check out FancyGrounds to play Midgard online with your friends. Uh, what else? And of course, WhaleGames.co.uk is a go-to destination for tabletop board games, war games, and more. Go check those guys out. And then TabletopLoot.com, give away a set of dice every single uh Game here on the channel when we hit 20 retweets on this week. If you haven't retweeted it, go hit the retweet button, make it happen. It's the finale. Uh, we're going to need your help tonight as well. So if you haven't yet checked out the donation stuff, you can donate to give players Nat 20s. You can't donate to give Nat 1s today. Special new rule. It's weird. Uh, just came in from uh, from headquarters today. You can't give players Nat 1s, only Nat 20s, um, specifically, for this, but you can only give Dan Dillon Nat 1s. It's just weird, strange rule. It doesn't that's, make sense to me. It's is, just it's happened, you know? Weird how uh, that works like, out. I mean, I guess you can make the rule. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, my hands are tied on this one, I'm afraid, folks. Uh, Let but, me just uh, <laughs> adjust some ad hoc bonuses behind the screen real quick. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, Does a 45 so hit your AC? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, let's dive into today's episode. Uh, let's get a reminder of what happened last week from Mr. Dan Dillon. Oh boy, uh, it feels like it's been a year. What, I've, I've missed you all so much. What happened last week? Last week, we were in the depths of the ancient and uh, primordial and storied Margrave Forest, an ancient growth forest full of uh, immense trees, dense underbrush, and um, all kinds of just secrets and strangeness. Uh, from the, the realms of the Fae to the Shadow Realm and places even farther flung. So last time you guys finished up your aftermath in the Halls of Everforge 
and you had to make good on a bargain that some of y'all kind of inadvertently kind of felt coerced into making with grandmother herself, the Baba Yaga, in her hut with the chicken feet that uh, that hunkered down to let you into her crazy house. And she gave you all sorts of wonderful trinkets of her esteem, and uh, which turned out to be some pretty badass magic items, uh, for the most part, for all of you. Um, Cloak was hidden by his Nimheim red cape and cowl, and, uh, and the pact that his people have forged with the the uh, the archdevils of the Eleven Hells. And so Baba Yaga was none the wiser to her hated enemy's presence in her very home. Um, after you guys set out from the halls of Everforge, after uh, finishing construction on Cloak's blade, which is now a flame tongue, you were tracking down some sort of demon. You didn't exactly know what, but Grandmother told you that there was a fiend stalking around in her backyard in the woods, and she didn't like that one bit. She suspected it was a spy from someone she referred to as the Master of Demon Mountain. And so you went off, searching into the woods on the very vague directions that she gave you, and you found this immense, saw like a slow-spoken, massive moss-and-tree creature fellow who called himself Bostoff. And uh, he seemed amiable and nice enough, and he was willing to guide you small folk around the, the woods because it can be very dangerous. And then, of course, uh, when he led you into the woods, you found yourselves hopelessly lost, uh, all of your magical senses pointing you this way and that, essentially the compass just spinning, not able to to determine where north is, which Glass determined with his leyline sense. And that turned into a very short, very brutal on both sides battle uh, that in fact ended with a massive rage-fueled critical inflict wounds by, uh, by Rowan, who rotted the thing away to dust and ashes right before your very eyes. And so uh, that's sort of where we... So we kind of pick up there, and we'll, uh, we're will we not going to spend too much time in the aftermath of it, but we will go through a few things. Um, so one of the issues is Tilly's armor was very badly damaged in this battle. One of the creature's massive, powerful fists actually bent the, black, the, the backplate of her plate armor backwards, and so she's kind of forced at this backward lean at the moment. The mechanical effect of that is she has minus five to her armor class until that's repaired. So uh, after Tilly slumps to the ground with something like six hit points left, <laughs> I think we were, you were, you were somewhere in single digits. That was, that was pretty rough. Um, Paula, the dwarf armorsmith who has been uh, traveling with you, whose family is connected to the forge you used to create the magic sword. She runs over and uh, starts kind of like fumbling into one of her satchels looking for her tools to try and help Tilly out of her crushed armor. Um, so you spend some time. She, uh, she manages to get it loose without having to cut all of the straps, which are so very intricate and important in, uh, in plate armor's function and distributing the weight right so you can actually move. Uh, and so you find yourselves just kind of stranded in this grove in the middle of the Margrave. And you kind of get your bearings and, uh, and look at getting yourselves back to, towards Zobek, which is where you need to be heading. Now that you have forged your weapon, you have an invitation to a noble's party coming up. It isn't long before you realize that none of the paths you took to get here seem to be the same now. Nothing is familiar. In fact, after you walk for a little ways and turn around, you lose sight of those three lightning-struck trees that marked that dark grove where uh, where the, uh, the Burstuk demon, which masqueraded as a fey creature, a guardian of the forest, turned on you. Nothing looks familiar. Nothing looks the same. Um... 
even your ranger with his favored terrain of the forests with his uh, his natural explorer is not able to zero in and find your way so uh we're just going to kind of quickly narrate through this there's no need for us to get nitty-gritty and roll tons of dice for hours but uh you you will spend probably um the better part of three days hopelessly lost in the heart of the Margrave forest uh and eventually a combination of um cloaks uh, kind of otherworldly, his uh, his sort of uh, ability to bond with nature and spread his senses out gives you just enough of a bearing to finally stumble your way back to something familiar. And he actually doesn't find you uh, through the forest by the path you took. He eventually finds takes you to the road that uh, at least Riodan and Cloak and Glaz recognize as the road that would lead you all the way north to Castle Shadowcrag. You've traveled this road at least once before. So finally, three days of stumbling around in a forest that seems to twist and bend and double back on itself. Cloak manages to pull you out and uh, and lead you to a road, and you can turn your steps south toward the free city of Zobek. Ah, oh, thank the gods for that. That was awful. I hate camping. <laughs> I swear, Why if I got bit by one more mosquito, I was gonna freak out. Oh, I mean, you're the one who suggested going on a vac- uh, vacation because you, you know had you know awkward feelings about. I don't remember that. That was a long time ago. I, I don't recall. It doesn't sound like me. And you're right. you're doubly happy to be out of the forest at this point because at one point you encountered a swarm of mosquitoes that were roughly the size of a chihuahua, each. So uh, so that was that was uh, I mean, not that not a like delicious it. time. I was going to say it sounds like a mosquito in Mississippi. So you're uh, you're tired. You're sore, you're travel-weary, your boots are full of pebbles and sticks and waterlogged. It's just awful. It's just friggin' miserable. Um, Thankfully, it's not super cold out anymore since you're getting into the beginning of summer now. Um, You did get rained on once, so that's great. (laughs) So bedraggled and wet, you start dragging yourself back uh, along this road south to the free city of Zobek. And finally, perhaps another day's worth of travel later, at least this time along the road through the edge of the forest, you see the open expanse of the green pastures of Zobek before you. And uh, beyond that, you know the bridges that will take you into the city itself. You can see the citadel up on its hill, sort of brooding and looking over the rest of the city that spreads out between the uh, the two flowing rivers. And, uh, and you can see that uh, the, the city is in full swing. Uh, and even beyond that, it looks like there is preparation for some sort of festival happening. Hmm. Just in time. Uh, well, I'm worn out from the road. Better get to this party, though. But maybe it's best if we clean up first, you know. We could all uh, when's, the wash? when's the party? Uh, you have just under a week at this point before the party's date arrives. Okay. Because uh, remember, you guys received the invitation. Um, one of the companions from the Silk Scabbard, uh, Glaz's friend, Valia, brought you an invitation from one Anastasia Zealus, who is the apparently the head of the Zealus family. Um, which is a little interesting, uh, knowing that they were involved with some of that nastiness that uh, uh, 
uh, you were embroiled in previously that cost your friend Kane his life. Right. Hmm. Uh, well, I'm not really a party person, uh, so yeah. I might You're do coming. some. You're no, sorry, no. Dan. <laughs> Hey, anybody who wants to skip this session, you're more than welcome. <laughs> you're more than welcome to be killed off. If I have to get dressed up and go, you gotta get dressed up and go. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm not, no, my clerk is not leaving. We have to They're go. not gonna let me in looking like I We're... just... I mean... Can... I have a we'll tailor here like... in town. Oh. Guard. You want Why one? don't you wear a cloak over your cloak? So uh, no. if you guys uh, if you guys review the invitation, you will see that several of you are invited by name, and those being uh, Glazishin, Carnelian, uh, Riodan. Uh, sorry, it would be Lord Riodan Osgray. Um, cloak, just simply cloak. That's all there is to that. Uh, as well as uh, Kari of the of the Sable Court. Well, those are uh, Kari at the very least. Also, well, did those I mention I'm a lord? <laughs> Those are listed by name, uh, and then there's an addendum to that, and it says, and whatever diverse it. companions with whom you now travel. So you have kind of a, everybody can bring a plus one, you're good. Okay, pop pop, you're my plus one. <laughs> so what you're saying is, is you'll need a bodyguard to go to the party, Rhea then, is that what you're saying? Right, well... I mean, I want to go and see Carrie. It's kind of a old friend's situation, and I don't imagine we'll be in any too much danger. Uh, but the bodyguard will be fine. the whole time. I just don't want to have to wear a dress. I want to have an excuse to wear my wife. Well, I, you know, I am a lord, so if you would like to be my uh, 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 bodyguard for the day, why not? Your retainer? Sure. My retainer, sure. yes. I'm honored you ask. Thank you. My sure. squire. <clears throat> I mean, we could just uh, put a tuxedo over the top of your armor. Just I mean, put a bow tie on it. Too large, <laughs> you know. Fair. I mean. All right. So, so as you guys as you guys are going through this uh, on the road, Paula will kind of look over at the half crumpled backplate of the armor, and she'll say, "Well, looks like I've got my work cut out for me as soon as we get back into town. Then, uh, if you want to leave me the rest of your armor, bring it by the forge. I'll uh, I'll polish it up. I'll polish it up nice, so it'll be presentable." Sure, that'd be lovely. I'll bring it right by. So, uh, yeah, you all make your way in, uh, and as you head in through the pastures, uh, across the bridge to that long island known as the Gullet, uh, where the docks and the warehouses and much of the loading and unloading of the ships and barges uh, for, for Zobex trade goods that, uh, that come to this area of the crossroads and spread to basically all points of central Midgard, um, you're able to pick up that these preparations that are just a bustling um, are for what is known as the Spring Trade Fair. Uh, it's uncustomary for it to happen this late in the season, but it's not unheard of for uh, the first month of spring, the month of Goldflower, to, to host the Spring Fair. If other things have kind of gotten in the way, it'll sometimes get pushed back into the early summer, which apparently has happened now. Uh, and so you can see um, just, it looks like, all kinds of street fair and party 
you know, sort of uh, street vendors being set up, as well as uh, it looks like the merchant population of Zobek, which is already pretty darn high, has probably tripled as people are, as they're setting up just for a massive trade fair on the gullet and on the pastures to the north. Uh, Paula left us? Exciting. No, not yet. Like, you guys are all heading in together, and so... Uh, I mean, she'll probably take her leave at some point and head back to her home uh, and let you guys go do whatever it is you got to do. What happened? So once you guys... No, what no, are you I trying to do? do that. What are you no, trying I'm to do? No, I'm not going to help check. Uh, what I want to do is... Um, I want to I want to wait for her to get at... I want to wait for her to get at her shop before I do that because my paranoia, so... What are, what are you trying to do? I'm going to give oh, her... Oh, you want to... You want to you sneak off and go talk to Paula. Okay. Yeah, uh, when, she, right, when so, she's at her shop. Got it. All right, so you guys you guys head into the city proper, and you probably come in in you know from the docks district near the Collegium. Uh, so she has to kind of cut down south across the city to get to her forge and her home down in the Gear District, and so uh, she'll stop like when it comes about to the area that you guys are going to split. You know, some of you are going to go to the Collegium, some of you are going to go to Lower Zobek toward the uh, the Silk Scabbard, and so she'll say, "All right, then, um, well." So you can bring that armor by, you know, basically anytime you like. And she kind of flashes Tilly a smile and uh, and waves and says, it's been incredibly interesting as usual. And uh, try not to get yourselves killed, huh? Sure. Well, I, I do say if we go on another adventure, I mean, you'll have to come with us. Your company is very welcome. It's very nice. <laughs> I appreciate that. Maybe I'll take you up on it. And she sort of, uh, she kind of tosses like, it's almost a wink, but not quite. And then she sort of blushes, turns, and grabs the mule that's carrying all of her stuff and like starts hurrying it along the street. You should invite her Tilly. to the party, Tilly. Wonder bodyguard. I'll ask her if she can help. Guard their body. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know, let's use this as an opportunity to get me some uh, changes to my armor. Uh, I want it to look lordly. Uh, so you know what? Um, you can take this off now or later. Actually, if you if you if you leave some money with me, I don't mind taking it with her or with my armor and asking her for a few adornments for you for the party if you want. Money. Um, thinking this would be more of a sort of, you know, you know. I mean, you have to at least tip her. I can't just ask her for free, you know. You know what I mean? Right. I got on presser. The tip has never been. I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Um, fine. Uh, you know. You know what? Forget it. Why don't you just go there and ask her if she wants to come along when you're getting her armor done? Say that maybe uh, I need a second bodyguard there or something. Or say something about armor. I don't know what she's interested in. There'll be an armor showcase there at the party. Just say, say something about. Say something about girls. And beautiful women. I mean, she did really seem impressed with the bear. So. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't be? It's a freaking oh, bear. Uh, where is the bear? The Shit. bear is following along with you. Where do you think the bear is? I, uh, I don't so like, the, none of the guards were like, there's a fucking bear? Like, <laughs> the, the bear is drawing quite a bit of attention. However, it is quite obviously docile. You know, it's not running around marauding. It's following basically right at Tilly's heel and kind of 
just like nuzzling her occasionally. And so uh, several of the city watch will give long, hard looks as you all pass by, but none of them really stop or say anything because you seem to have everything in control. And quite frankly, uh, Zobek is a city where the flying cities of Sikkim will occasionally come by to do business, which is exactly what it sounds like. They are cities that harness immense magic to fly through the air. They're maybe half a mile across, and they just Flat fly country. from okay. one from one side of Midgard to the other. Yeah. Not to uh, mention so, until I mean, gave a huge grand wave as he went in. Just hello. Uh, yeah. So are you are you riding the bear or just walking with it? Okay, I was going to ask you this. So for the three days sure. in the woods, I was going to argue for a chance that while we were in there, Tilly would take rest. I mean, she's still pretty hurt, take rest riding the bear in the travel and stuff, or testing the bear to see if the bear would let her ride it in that time, and therefore hopefully learning essentially how to ride the bear. Okay. Um, but that's, that's so Cloak would help too. With with Cloak's help, it's going to be no problem. Um, it, especially since you ended up taking Speak with Animals? as one of your spells known or no? No, I took Lesser Restoration. Okay, that's fine. Uh, you can you can manage it just with your natural sort of, uh, your natural animal empathy and your ability to, uh, to kind of understand and know them. Especially, you know, if you decide to get a little extra oomph by charming uh, puff, puff, uh, fluff and stuff, uh, by throwing another animal friendship out there, that'll, that'll cover it easily. So over the course of the days that you're lost in the woods and then traveling along the road, uh, the North Road, you are able to get uh, Fluff and Stuff used to the idea of you riding on him. And so if you want to ride the bear into town, you most certainly can. Uh, I feel like, I think Philly would definitely ride up, but I don't think she'd be interested in riding it straight into town, just to not okay. alarm the guard, but to walk it in, you know. Fair enough. Actually, I have an idea for you. Why not ask Paula or if it is possible to make some armor for your new companion. Oh, sure, sure. I mean, I was, I had, we still have, we still have that money from the, the house with the, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, we yeah, still we, have that. We, we also so still have a lot of money from, from the owner of the silk scabbard. Yeah, you guys mm. still have a, what is it, 7,500 gold griffin <laughs> banknote, basically, that you haven't uh, cashed in yet. All right, so uh, as you guys are you, you guys are kind of walking and talking as you're doing this, and you realize that Glaz has been kind of distant, and you can hear him sort of muttering to himself. He says something along the lines of, well, I had never considered that, but uh, now that you bring it up, I think it's, it's very much worth looking into. That's a good idea. Thank you. And then he just kind of keeps wandering on, and then a little a little while later, he'll, he'll say something else. Like he's having, you're hearing one half of a Glaz conversation. You don't hear who he's talking to. Is I'm not paying any attention. Himself? What? I, mean, I know he's it, weird, but... It's glass here? It very much looks like he's talking to himself, uh, but of course you guys realize that he's probably talking to that magic ring that occasionally whispers to him. <sighs> so, uh, we need to uh, as... him in some etiquette before the party. Look, as you I'm guys make your way... A friend, so... 
he uh, he looks up and says, "Oh, right. Uh, I guess we're we're back in Zobek. Look at that. Uh, it's amazing how fast time can fly when you have someone new and interesting to talk to. Don't you think that's uh, that's that's kind of a strange thing that could happen? You stop paying attention to everything, and then boop, there you are. You're wherever you need to be. Anyway, before we go to the party, I have some things I need to do. So I am going to go now, and I will find you again at uh, well, probably at the Silk Scabbard, right? Or maybe the Dancing Bear." Okay, goodbye. And then he just kind of takes his stuff and turns and wanders off toward the Collegium. What? It's it's like it's like he's it's like he's here. <laughs> Alright, I don't know about you guys, but I need here. a new I need a new pattern. <laughs> I'm on the way after three days, so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm not sure dad. about you, but uh she just sort of points to herself and you can this bedraggled raven lady with stuff mm. hanging off of her. I think I might need some help getting ready for this um, party. Yeah, we're going to have to find you some new wear. I do, I do Don't worry, my tailor is excellent. I was oh, about to ask well, Riordan. Not excellent. Riordan, would you... Uh... <laughs> well, they're okay. Well, actually, they're a drug dealer. I think they stick to some things on the side. But they're pretty good at drug dealing, so I imagine their uh, upholstery work is excellent as well. All right, we're going to flash over to Cloak, who, uh, as you guys as you guys move on, you will suddenly realize, oh, shit, Cloak isn't here. Uh, are you taking Puff Puff with you when you wander away, Cloak? Yeah. Okay. So Puff Puff is gone also, which is probably a good sign. Usually means he's not up to anything too uh, terribly shady if he takes the the, the golden-hearted blink dog with him. Uh, all right, so you guys make your way across the city, and you slip over to the gear district where you can hear the, uh, the various gear grinders' guilds hard at work. You can hear hammers on anvils, and when you pass the Temple of Voland, you can hear these deep, resonant uh, songs being raised in time to the ring of steel on anvil uh, from inside the temple to the dwarven god of craft and fire. And uh, passing by there, you make your way to the Everforged Smithy, where uh, Paula plies her trade and uh, makes her home. Is it still locked up? I mean, she's probably in there now. You can see light on the inside. And, um, I mean, it's probably closed at this point in the day, but, I mean, you know, she's home, so I can... Like, yeah, I would go the to the, the the home portion of the mm -hmm. of the shop and knock on the door. Okay, so you knock on the door. Um, a moment later, you see like silhouette moving from the light that's leaking out from the the crack on, under the door jam, and there is a iron cage, like a, a grate, up in the door that uh, covers a little hatch that opens. It pops open, and you see Paula kind of look out, and her eyes widen a little bit when she sees you, and she says, "Oh." Cloak, hello, one second. She closes the, the little view hatch. You hear the click of a lock and she opens the door. She ha looks like at this point has just been able to change out of her traveling clothes and is just put on kind of a, a just a, like a very simple, um, like a linen robe, basically. And she says, uh, well, what, what can I do for you? Everything okay? You want to come in? Uh, yeah, no, no, it's fine. Yeah, I'll come in. Uh, it's going to be brief. I just want uh, to give you something uh, for... Uh, accompanying us on the travels uh and then he reaches in the bag uh and thinks about one of the gold bars because he has three currently uh mm -hmm. and like and it, about it appears it appears in your hand when you think about it and will it and reach into the sack and uh 
I pull it out and like uh, I put it up on the table and be like, "That's Hazel Pope." So you uh, you start rummaging around in your satchel, and she says, "Oh, cloak, uh, that's very kind and generous of you, but you don't." And then the bar comes out, and she says, "You are a, a wonderful customer and friend, and I'm very happy to have been able to go with you." And she reaches out for the gold bar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so. I mean. That's uh that's what I wanted to do, and then uh, also uh, because uh, Tilly seems to be really shy, you should be her plus one to the party because uh, yeah, that's all. Really <laughs> when you trail off, she just like yes. her eyebrows kind of raise a little bit, and Puff Puff stops and looks up at you, and there's just this long, slowly growing uncomfortable pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> Does not register a cloak. He's like, well, okay. Um, so that's your hazard pay. Think about what I said. Uh, let's go, conscience, and then uh, walk out the door. Okay. So uh, you leave Paula just kind of gaping, holding this bar, looking at the, the 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 imprint on it, trying to figure out where it came from and what the hell just happened. Uh, and and so Puff Puff sort of looks over her shoulder and says in her new, oddly kind of lilting voice. Have a good night, Paula. It was lovely traveling with you. And and Paula just kind of without missing a beat says, you too, Puff Puff. Stay safe. Watch out for that one. And you guys head out and she shuts the door behind you. (laughs) Puff Puff says, Puff Puff says, don't worry about it. I've got it under control. Is it just scared off? Yep, take that. Okay, I think there's a spider her, in the corner of my room right now. So that was that was her tail. Just, <laughs> her tail starts wagging as she walks, and it kind of taps against your your thigh. Uh, all right, so you guys can head off and make whatever prep um, you need to do for this party. Can we cash the banknote? Absolutely. I I would go cash that because I was also secretly trying to make room for the cash and like put it in my bag. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, you can do that. So you head over to the uh, the moneylenders that is listed on the note, and uh, you head inside, and there's sort of a pinch-faced um, halfling uh, of all kinds. You don't see many halflings um, in this part of the world. And uh, sort of an older gentleman with uh, hair that's gone to more salt and then pepper, and he just kind of squints at you with these sort of dark, beady eyes. And he says, yes, can I help you? Uh, yeah, uh, I want to cash this. Yes, indeed. May I? He kind of holds out his hand and takes it. And he's got like this, um, it's like a cravat, like a, a kind of simple, unadorned, like a tied scarf around his neck with this bow. And it has a little uh, pin with a stone on it that glitters, but you're pretty sure that's just costume jewelry. Um mm-hmm. And uh, so he's otherwise dressed like a clerk, but like a nice clerk, trying to seem like he's more important than a clerk. And so he uh, he takes the note, he looks over it, and says, yes, indeed, all right, mm-hmm. Tyron of the Silk Scabbard. And he stops when he says that, taps it, looks up at you, looks down, opens up a book, flips through it a bit, his eyes widen a little, and he says, yes, wonderful then. I think this will be all be in order. Just if you just wait a moment, uh, I will take this, and I will release the funds. We'll be right back. Uh, Jennings, Jennings, I need a help. I need, I need, I need some help here. This is going to be Question. heavy. Uh, are we so inside what, yes? somewhere? 
Oh yeah, you're you're inside. Yes. Okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. I, I was hoping I didn't walk up to like an outside thing, like the seven thousand gold Yeah, you walked up to the drive-through and said, "Yeah, can I have you know, ten thousand gold?" Thanks. <laughs> Uh, so he, he also kind of stops and says, is there, is there any particular denomination you would prefer? Um, this much gold can be can be quite heavy. Uh, would you uh, accept some platinum? I mean, we yeah, have a I'll, bit. I'll accept platinum. That's fine. Uh, as long as I can uh, give it up. Even. Can we, uh, one thing, can you split it up into five portions equally? Yeah, yes, I believe I believe we can do that. Yes, certainly. Yeah, and then you can like uh, put as much platinum you want in each one and all that kind of stuff. Uh, then, then you would wish you would wish five parcels of uh, one hundred and fifty platinum each. Uh, so each of those for a value of one thousand five hundred gold pieces. Yeah. Very well. So he uh, he kind of trundles off, and you see a, uh, a sort of middle 20s human uh, human man has kind of come out of a back room and after he was calling to him and they go off and they bustle and they come back with uh, five stout, uh, looks like they're kind of oiled and waterproof leather like small leather satchels and they are mm-hmm. buckled uh, tightly and he brings them to you and lays them on the counter in front of you, one, two, three, four, five and he says, there you have it uh, would you, we should uh, so he kind of fumbles through, he opens the pouches and verifies that each one contains exactly uh, what it is you're expecting to have. So you have five pouches, each containing 150 Platinum Headsmen Okay um, at this point um, a bit, what's your name sir? Hmm? What's your name? I haven't, I'm, I haven't seen too many halflings in Sobek, so I'm just curious what your name was. Oh, of course. My name is Kylas. Um, do you guys hold people's money? Uh, yes, yes. If you if you would require, if you would like, yes, we can indeed. Um, we can hold it in an account for you in trust. Is it insured? Uh, we, he kind of puffs up a little bit and he says, we are personally overseen by the master of coins of Zobek himself. So, yes, rest assured that your funds will be quite okay. safe. Um, can I take, and I take one of the satchels, and then I put uh, all my money except for like a hundred gold that I'm going to keep on me, uh, okay. and go, can you put this away for me and put it under uh, my name? Absolutely. And what is your name, sir? Cloak, you said yes? Uh, that's a... If that's a nickname, is that fine? If that is how you wish to be known, that would be perfectly fine. Oh, that's great. Far, far be it for me, sir, to pass any judgment on whatever name you would, should like to put on the account. Uh, he is suddenly much more... Uh, he's suddenly much more obsequious now that thousands of gold have passed between your hands and his, and uh, and some are coming back into, into his hands now. So how much gold are you leaving with him, just out of pure curiosity uh, for no particular reason whatsoever? God damn it, Dan. Uh, so it'd be uh, three thousand and uh, f- one hundred and fifty-six gold. All right. So cloak three thousand one hundred and fifty-six golden griffins in account. Got it. Yeah. And then super uh, safe account. Why? Right. Why do so, you say uh, it like that? Why do you say it like I, that? Now, now I'm parent. Like now the player I'm is paranoid just, with cloak. Just being reassuring, so you know. 
that it's in good hands. So uh, they go through some paperwork. They have you sign some stuff. They have you sign a bunch of stuff. um, And Puff Puff just sort of sits patiently, obviously bored, just kind of her eyes wandering between you and the halfling. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so after you sign it, they take your stuff, they give you a receipt for it, and send you on your way. Okay. Uh, I put the receipt in the the heavy hander sack and... (laughs) Um, I still have uh, 100 gold, and I also have the 9 platinum on me that I had to return. Sure. Um, okay. So, uh, and then I leave. with the, Then I go hunt everyone down, uh, which I imagine I can find very easily because my second favorite terrain is bourbon. So, Correct. Uh, I go locate uh, so yeah, everyone. So, so each of those satchels, uh, in addition to the weight of the pouches themselves, weighs a good 3 pounds, which when we're talking mm-hmm. about a bucket of coins is a lot. <laughs> so yeah. it's there's this, like partially really exciting, partially a little nerve-wracking weight uh, as you, you dump each one into the haversack. And and then you kind of settle in thinking, you know, all right, it's okay. It's all, it's all tucked away now. I'm obviously not walking with a jingling backpack. Nobody knows. It's because you're walking with a lot of money. There's It just kind of niggles at the back of your head. Oh yeah, no. It's, uh, trust me, it's a uh, cloak is very much aware of it, and he's going to be like, "Pop off, let's find everyone quick, and then ride her." <laughs> okay. Yep. You uh, you climb up onto Puff Puff's back, and you go bounding down the street, and you can find people in short order. So at this point, we don't need to kind of do everything moment by moment. We can kind of go through whatever tasks and prep you guys want to do leading up to the party. The the only thing I want to tell Tilly is that we should go talk to Paula. I helped out. Oh, so you let her know I was bringing the armor, sure. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she told, she told yeah. me to bring the armor, so... Yeah, you should yeah. bring that as soon Did you tell her about Raiden wanting some extra bits of flair for the uh, party? I didn't catch that. I was, I did left. You guys were gabbing, and I was like, oh, I, boring. I, I, I mean, you're so... It's hard to... It's, thank, thank you, I'll go see her uh, in a little bit. I've got to find a place mm-hmm. to keep bear for now. I don't... So, yeah, what are you going to do with the bear? Not, why not I, the dancing bear? I don't know, Phil. Do you think they'll get along? So you can probably you can probably stable bear just at one of the various libraries, um, which will be a little weird. Uh, you'll probably have to convince them, maybe grease some palms with an extra coin or two, but they will be willing to uh, to, to keep the bear for you. Great. Now, I would like to go and talk to the innkeeper and make sure the bear can stay in the room at night, just on the stall during the day. <laughs> I, don't, hmm. I, don't want, I don't want the bear to be too far at night, because it's got a good sense of hearing, you know. Let me know. So, you're, you're still staying at the Dancing Bear Tavern, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Okay, alright. So, it, it's a little bit of an unorthodox request, but they are at least used to having a damn bear around, so it doesn't take you very long to convince the... Uh, the, the tavern keeper that yes yes in fact you should you should you can go yes, ahead and have the bear yeah. up there please They're like look here's the thing all right i know how these things can be so let's make sure we keep it nice and fed don't let it get too bored if it does do something like you know tear the door to pieces because it's trying to get out that's you know we'll, oh, we'll, no, have, we'll no. have to talk about compensation for that you know you, that'll, you, that'll be your responsibility if the if the bear decides to eat the drywall and the plaster so, I mean, I, I think it's well beyond. It's like 
terrible twos, but I definitely, I definitely think that we can make sure we stay a little bit, a little bit uneasy and all right. And she like looks at the bear, and the bear's probably like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's a damn bear. <laughs> it doesn't know what you're saying. <laughs> it'll be fine. I'm sure. Should right, slide so a yeah, couple extra can... coin across. Like it'll be. Much appreciated. Much appreciated. I'll uh, I'll have some honey sent up. <laughs> oh, perfect. And then right. she will make her way to go see Paula eventually in the night. That's it. So. Are going okay. to spoil this thing? They're going to come back and they'll be reclining on a chaise long and having a <laughs> martini of honey. Yeah. Someone <laughs> friends with the dancing bear. Can't yep. pry it away from the tavern at that point. Jesus. You come back and the two bears are dancing the tango. Yeah. All right. Uh, sure. You're going to go find Paula. Yes. But I would like to clarify that Tilly is not separating herself from the lamb. The lamb is... Heidi is going with Tilly wherever she goes now. It's it's her child. So. Okay. How many pets do we have now? Uh, I'm going to collect them all, you know. Three, if we're just counting animal-like creatures and Puff Puff. Plus, the ring is kind of a pet. I mean, I was gonna maybe, you know, I thought that'd be a little rude, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then there's Baldwin, so five. Sure. Mm-hmm. And All right. Bola, so. uh, oh damn! <laughs> All right. <laughs> kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yeah. So you're going the next morning to uh, to find Paula, or are you going out that same night, or just kind of over oh, the wait. course of the next few days? I think I-, I wanted to go see her, like towards capping off that evening, to let her. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. To let her get started as soon as possible. So as soon as Perfectly we drop the bear fine. off, I imagine she'd head out over there. Okay. Stop in so the alley you... stall, a market stall on the way to get like whatever meat and bit of turkey leg that she could get because it was a long time and that water is so it's so nice to have good fresh cooked meat oh okay so you're uh you're kind of you kind of take your time in a, in you know you have to get across town back to you well you didn't have to go very far but you did have to negotiate living arrangements for the bear um you know took the rest of your armor off yeah gathered it all up all that good stuff then you then you went and got something to eat sure uh, did you like take time to clean up? Like, did you, you know, you've been traveling oh. for better part of a week at this point. <laughs> we okay. all stunk real, real, real low ripe. So definitely I can yeah. smell it. Yeah. I can smell it. It's bad. It's Quite a bit. Definitely. All right. So by the time you get to Paula's, it's, uh, it's a little bit after, um, you know, cloak tractor down. And so uh, you knock on the door and it takes probably two or three knocks for her to come and answer it. Uh, you can see that she's home. There are lights on inside. Um, but when she does come to the door, she opens it up, uh, much in the same way she did for Cloak, opens the little viewport, and then, oh, Tilly. See, uh, she closes the viewport. There's maybe a five-second pause, and then the door unlocks and opens. And uh, so she's basically wearing that same robe that I mentioned before, although it looks like uh, her hair is still kind of wet, not quite fully dried yet, and is actually out of that very tight, uh, almost you know, if this were real life, you'd call it a French braid that she normally wears it in to keep it out of her way while she's working, because nobody wants their hair to drop into a damn forge. Uh, (laughs) And so her hair is just sort of uh, loose but swept back behind her ears, looks like kind of hastily arranged. Uh, and so she opens the door and kind of smooths the front of her, her robe and says, hi, 
Uh, I didn't expect you this early, but uh, she kind of looks you up and down and sees that you're carrying a big package and says, well, well come on in. Let's, uh, let's get this squared away, shall we? Tilly definitely, uh, in admiring how lovely she looks, is a little flush, and she just starts yammering about, oh, I mean, yeah, I thought I'd come early because the um, it was a big hog, and it was bent so hard, I didn't know how much it would take to really kind of knock it out, and it's just here, and then I don't know if, you know, I don't know what she, I figured it'd come tonight, it might be easier to do, she, like, kind of makes her way, just yammering into the door. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Tilly's pulling a little bit of a glass as she, uh, she just sort of yammers her way inside. Uh, the door closes behind you, and it looks like there is an interior door that leads to the forge as well. So Paula leads you through her home, which um, uh, it has... It, it's sparsely decorated, but um, not empty. Like, it has, it has very uh, sparing decorations here and there, but it has a very... Each piece feels like it has significance. Like, there's, there's a, a wood carving on the wall, that sort of thing. There's a, a statue made of iron over here, that, uh, like a sculpture made of iron that it looks like someone made. Um, uh, she leads you through her home to the, uh, to the forge, and just kind of listens and, and nods and occasionally spurts a little response <laughs> when she can get it, get one in edgewise as you ramble. Uh, and she takes you in and has you kind of unpack everything and open it out on the workbench. And uh, she sort of arranges it out and takes a, a, like a long critical look at it. And she, uh, she shakes her head and says, whatever that thing was, it did a number on your, on your armor. <sighs> so you guys have this party coming up, yeah? Sure. And I have to be Realton's bodyguard, you know, so I gotta have a good set of armor. And this this has seen many a dent and ding, but this is more than I could expect at the moment, you know. So Oh. Alright, so you're wanting to wear this at the party then. Well, I gotta be protected, you know. If I gotta protect him, I gotta protect myself. So all right. Well, then, uh, we're going to need to get started on this sooner rather than later. So, uh, well, no time like the present. Let's get to this. Sure. I was going to ask you, uh, first of all, I, okay, so you know what he had done? He's a little skinny guy? You know, a little, me a little skinny, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, he was saying that he might actually need a little bit of extra help with the bodyguard situation. So I thought, I mean, we would work together very well in maybe protecting him. Oh, uh, she kind of pauses and blinks. That was uh, incredibly unexpected. And she says, uh, all right. Um, I mean, well, everybody I, I'm not... told me to potentially ask. I just want to make sure that maybe if you didn't have plans you want to go with us and this for purpose you know you can help guard he's very skinny he doesn't eat he was just for a while he probably didn't eat for like months you know so it looked like she was about to object when you were talking about how skinny and weak he was but she kind of changes tack before she says anything and she says yeah he does need some help so uh i'd probably better come along <laughs> well, I mean, very right. important so anyway that's he, he did That's say that he talk. might need a Do little you know bit of. around a forge? Oh, um, not really. That's all right. You know I'm how to pump a bellows. Yep. So she's basically <laughs> like going to use you as an, as an 
Uns- eh, not exactly. She's going to use you as an unskilled assistant to help her get going because the uh, the armor needs to be straight up repaired. Um, it's not just a matter of cleaning it up nice. This is going to be some serious work. So you guys spend the rest of that day basically undoing what the Burstook demon did to your armor plates. Uh, and so in the wake of that, you're, she's probably going to spend the rest of the time leading up to the party, getting your armor up to, you know, presentable status for an actual high society event. Can I propose uh, that during that time, Tilly's nervously going to ask about her family and where they're from and where she learned sure. to be an autonomous and how... Sure. Uh, and so she will... Yeah, so while you guys are working, she'll tell you about that her family founded that place you guys went to, the the Everforge, the Halls of Everforge out in there, and uh, they were master weapon and armor smiths, and uh, and their work was known all over Midgard, and she even mentions the room with the carvings, where it's depicted that emissaries came from everywhere to trade and buy and barter for their their goods. Um, Okay. When... uh, so it's probably reasonably late in the evening when uh, when you guys get finished. And she tells you about her family, that she has family ties to the Dwarven Cantons in the mountains, uh, not too far from Zobek, but she's always been a Zobeker herself. Um, ever since her family fled the Everforge, they came here. Uh, they didn't go back to the Iron Crags, which the Iron Crags have a reputation for being... Um, extremely clannish and insular. Um, lots of inter- inter-Canton wars. Uh, it's not unheard of for them to take people prisoner and make them bond slaves for 10 years or so at a time if they defeat you in battle. Uh, so it sounds like an interesting, um, if somewhat rough and tumble and uh, dangerous to live in sort of place. Tilly is uh, eating up every word. Sure. So she asks about you, where you're from, takes in the stories of your travels, uh, and... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, basically, you guys spend the rest of that night just kind of talking, getting to know, and probably very awkwardly flirting with each other. (laughs) All right. That's the way. That's the way. Glaz, uh, Glaz, once you guys got yourselves unlost from the Margrave, you were lost hopelessly in the forest for three days uh, in the wake of the Burstook leading you off into the into the twisted paths that it creates. Uh, So you guys found your way back. You have about a little less than a week, maybe four or five days until the party. And uh, you were going off to do some research because Walker uh, had some insight on how you might be able to track down some more of the Nullifier's lexicon. And so you kind of got lost in that for a little while. And now we're just going to kind of quick shot do what are, what prep is our people doing for this party that's coming up? Uh, I only asked, Dan, did you see my message? (laughs) Uh, I saw that you changed the name. Yeah. Yeah, got it. My paranoia was going to, because everyone knows Cloak. No one knows that. Right. Uh, no, that lovely name. Uh, so yeah. the name is still secret from everyone who's watching. Still, uh, still secret. Uh, I think Cloak, all Cloak is going to do is gather more intel uh, on the Zealous family um, and... Uh, maybe have to grease a, a few wheels uh, to see if he can uh, bribe some of the uh, less less than savory guards there to see if they know anything shady. Okay. Um, so are you going to, like, are you going to try and get a new outfit? Are you going to get presentable clothes for a noble party? That sort of thing? You're just going to go no. in your normal adventuring yeah. gear? Yeah. All right. Cool. That's, a, that's cool. Cloak, man. He's, he's, not, he's not fancy. Okay. Um, 
Tallsquall, do you have a plan? Uh, does Glaz have a plan for anything he's going to do in prep for the party? Oh, uh, Glaz is going to go around and going to try to figure out what uh, he's going to wear because it is a big problem to try to find something that is going to fit. Uh, Trollkin are not exactly the easiest uh, to try to find something. And um, so he is going to go off and, uh, and try to find something, probably have very little luck. Um, you know, uh, things are going to be very expensive, are not exactly his style. Um, and so kind of frustrated on the day of the party, he's going to head to the hedgehog to, you know, lament a little bit uh, about uh, his predicament. Um, and unfortunately, while he's there, he gets sort of uh, brought into an interesting game. He's sure that uh, it is there are rules uh, that he can understand and has a very good strategy of it. But this game called Mead Pong has taken the best of him now right before the party. And so he is going to then uh, try to then head off to the party, um, probably not dressed appropriately, having drunk a little too much. Um, <laughs> and uh, having discovered that Mead Pong is not a fair game, there's... This is a, supposed to be something that, that I'm sure that I understood the rules, but I keep drinking and no one else does. And so <laughs> he ends up at the party a little bit, a little bit uh, between the sheets and without the proper things to wear. All oh right. <laughs> he spent a week playing this game. No, he's, oh, he's, 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 yeah, he was busy in the library trying doing his own oh, trying okay. to find out. I, and then at the last minute realized, oh my god, I have not gotten anything to wear for the party. And trying to get like a last minute off the rack, something that fits a troll king, did not go very well. And so he went to his friends, uh, go to the hedgehog to sort of just uh -huh. lament. And then unfortunately, some of the younger students from the, uh, from the uh, university were there. And there was this game. It was. It seemed so straightforward, playing this mead pong. And but I don't know. I somehow just got caught up in it. And it's now time for the party. And I'm trying to get there. Big troll in a little cloak. Um, for Riordan, he's going to take people for a week to his tailor um, to yeah, get some please. nicer clothes. All right, so are you um, actually taking them to your drug dealer, or are you going to find an actual tailor? <laughs> I mean, he does both, so he always okay. gets me a good discount. Um, All right. Yeah. I'm okay. your drug really dealer good now. at covering up, you know, marks um, or any, yeah, well, clothing in general. Not exactly a clothing store, but you'll see. You'll see when we get there. It's, uh, it's a great place. He's a great guy, really fun. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and make me a make me a charisma persuasion check to see how well this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. Eleven. Eleven. Alright. Uh so <laughs> you catch this guy a little bit unawares. Uh however, you have some coin to flash around and you have some history with him, so he's willing to put some other stuff aside to try and help you guys out. So he is able to hook you guys up. Now, are you just getting him to outfit Rowan? Like, do you have your own set of fine clothes or whatever? Uh, Riordan actually does have a set of clothes uh, that he gets. Um, so he'd have, whether or not he's... Or are you going to go... Are you going to... Are you gonna? Well, said you were going to get your armor embellished and go in armor as well, right? Yeah, he'd go in, he'd go in sort okay. of... Yeah, he's going to play armor and get embarrassed. But he's got the sort of, like frills and uh, you know, yep. frocks, that sort of thing that he'd be wearing to an event like so this. So you'll probably get something like, 
you'll get something like uh, it's almost like um, what is it? I'm trying to think of what it looks like. If you remember from the Sith warriors from Knights of the Old Republic, they had these robes that looked like yeah, kind yeah. of like a cloak with sleeves kind of deal. Mm-hmm. So you get like one of those that fits perfectly over the armor, is tailored for the uh, for the pauldrons, and uh, and has like uh, you know it'll probably be something nice like crushed velvet black, and then with a lining on the inside and mm-hmm. maybe some embroidery, something that looks suitably uh, vampire nobility ish. Yes. And kind and of I dresses your armor to look the same. <laughs> the um, same? You guys are going to dress to match. I think that's fashion, right? This is fashion. All right. All right so Rowan, I guess, gets she gets a dress that is what black and scarlet lace, <laughs> something along those lines. Yeah. All right. It never goes out of, uh, this is my color. <laughs> goes with everything. Yep. There you go. Doesn't does it blend in a bit with my feathers? No, no. Uh, it looks like accent. it looks like the contrasting colors are in all the right places to keep it from doing exactly that. So you all have yourself right. a a set of fine clothes which you can uh, you can purchase. Fantastic. Do you think it suits me? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, honestly, my people have been around for literally thousands of years, and we've always worn the same thing. It's always in style. For a reason, it's fucking awesome. Everyone looks cool like this. I mean, you look like a cool vampire raven grandma. It's like ten times one, more awesome than just raven. Eye. Right. Should I have an eye patch or something? No, no, definitely not. That would be for pirate-themed events, uh, which are a substrata of uh, balls. I mean, honestly, they're great. The summer balls, the pirate ones. Oh my god. <laughs> Hot, but do, um, not, do, not these. Do you think uh, uh, Rowan might order as well two bow ties, one for Tilly and one for Glaz? Absolutely. <laughs> bow ties are back with a vengeance. Amazing. Amazing. I hear bow ties are very it. cool this year. They are cool. All right. Uh, so, Cloak, what is it you were trying to figure out bribing the guards? Uh, one thing I only want to add for his uh, dressing up nice, he spit shines his mask. Um, so nice. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, just if anything shady has been happening around the area, or um, or d- just about the Zealous family in general, and I imagine he probably finds them like drinking after after like hours or uh, if the overnight shift taking like they're at breakfast, you know, just having a casual okay. conversation, uh, but like greasing the wheel after they get like buddy, buddy and be like, oh, what else do you know? And then like slide them a gold piece and be like, okay. So why don't you go ahead and spend me, I don't know, how much gold do you want to spend over the, the course of the, the near week doing this? How many people can I talk to? Uh, I don't know. It'll kind of depend on how well you roll say- and how much money you're willing to burn. Uh, let's say it like I'll, uh, we'll, we'll start off with 10 gold, uh, okay. and then see how well I do from there. Cause that cloak would put more, he has a hundred gold. So currently on him, I uh, go from there. So what am I rolling? So go ahead and make me an intelligence or charisma, your choice investigation check. Let us do charisma. Uh, can I roll advantage? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> no. Oh, host connection uh, lost. What? Host connection lost. Yeah, did you roll? I just rolled a fucking... I rolled a 20. I swear to God. 
Oh, there I it is. Oh, there it is. 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 It came through. It came through. All right. Perfect oh. net 20. Okay. Uh, all right. So you spread 10 gold around these, uh, around the, you, you spend some time sort of, you find where the, the Zealous estate, uh, where it, where it lies. And you find that it is sort of like rich people like to do. The house itself has a name and they call this the bower. So you find the bower. And you kind of keep an eye on the guards when they're going about their their business, doing their thing, and you kind of follow a few discreetly uh, to wherever they're to whatever watering holes they're going to. And so you spread some money around, you get some people drunk. Now, a lot of times these hired soldiers are, are a little bit they're basically mercenary, right? These mm-hmm. do not seem to be hired soldiers or outside help or mercenaries. It looks like these are quite literally house guard. So these are people who are attached to this family, um, probably, you know, from way back, to, you know, depending on who you're talking to. Uh, and you get the sense first off that they are fiercely loyal to the Zealous house. And they okay. will mention that the head of the household, uh, you've heard this name before, is Anastasia Zealous. Um, you'll also be able to pick up that she is doing her best after relatively recently taking over the family's businesses after the untimely uh, and unexpected death of her father. Okay. Was her father the one that we ran into at the Shadow Craig? His name is, is Ostrom. A- was Ostrom Zealous. And uh, yeah, that that was the fellow at Shadow Craig. With the pages of the Nullifier's lexicon and the void magic and the killing cane and all of that. She's gonna die. Okay. Um, any any word about people just being around at night, such as um, like a vampire type person? So it sounds like um, Anastasia will somewhat regularly entertain people after hours. You know, she has friends with the other the other prominent uh, influential families around. She has. Uh, mercantile concerns that the house kind of put on hold for a few months in the wake of the old the old uh, the old father's death, uh, but now she's been kind of ramping that back up. So she's been doing a lot of business, and a lot of that has run you know into things like dinner meetings and and you know drinks in the in the parlor afterwards, that sort of thing. So they say yes, uh, there's been activity at night, but I mean that's normal. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so they, they're probably out of the loop and don't know that much, but it's enough info that that uh, Ostrom info is actually really good to know. Um, yeah, before, uh, so that would be his week. That's what he's doing. Okay. Um, and so, uh, actually, how many potions do I have on me? Great question. Uh, so what I'm going to do is... Um, uh, meet up with everyone uh when we're supposed to meet up at the dancing fair or the uh i mean i can't can't imagine you're not meeting at the silk scabbard right (laughs) Uh, i mean we're gonna go to the fuck house straight to the fuck house there you have it okay uh rowan i believe if you wanted to flex some of your newfound spellcasting muscles yeah yes um, probably either in back when she gets back with Riordan in his room 
or if they go back to the dancing bear, she'll, she's going to set up her runes and sit at the table and cast divination. And okay. she is deep, deep in prayer to Wotan and asking him, is this party that we are going to a trap for us? Okay, so uh, what are you making an offering to Wotan as you need to uh, you need to offer up some sort of sacrifice worth twenty five gold pieces? So it has to be a mon- uh, like a kind of physical sacrifice. Yeah, so you need incense and a sacrificial offering offering appropriate to your religion or deity, and they have to be worth twenty five gold, and the spell consumes them. So you burn some incense, you cast your runes, and you need to offer something up to Wotan. What would be appropriate for that? Oh, um, you could tear out one of your eyes. That seems good. Uh, you could hang yourself in the branches of the world tree one. for seven days. Um, you could... A raven? Uh, you could have some... Um, you could have some. You could uh, like buy some expensive ink and inscribe, uh, basically strips of parchment with some of the runes, and then burn those as an offering. Um, as he is, he is the rune father, so that sort of thing would help get his attention. Yeah, she might do that. Um, inscribe some runes on parchment, and also maybe have some like raven's eyes on the on standby if they're needed. Sure. Okay, uh, so the Not question my, is... Just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Random raven eyes, no problem. So the question is, is this party going to be a trap, right? Yes. So your magic and an offering put you in contact with God or God's servants. You ask a single question concerning a specific goal, event, or activity to occur within seven days. DM offers a truthful reply. Damn. The reply might be a short phrase, cryptic rhyme, or even an omen. Ooh. This is where Dan thinks about how much of a bastard he wants to be. Um, okay. I mean, the rune father, father can be a bit of an asshole. He can. He can. He's, uh, yeah, they're prickly that way. All right, so you cast your rune bones, and you have uh, a little iron, a short iron brazier with some coals burning in it, and you, uh, you sprinkle the incense, which uh, fills your room with this curling sort of spicy smoke. And as the edges of the parchment strips with the runes sort of representing your question and your veneration of Wotan burn in the coals, you smell that acrid scent of the, the paper catching fire and, and crisping and uh, charring away to ash and you stare into the flickering glow of the flames and the swirling smoke and you see what looks like drops of blood dripping from nowhere just somewhere up in the ceiling or in the air uh, above the brazier the drops of blood begin to drip into the coals and sizzle you smell the scent of burning caramelizing blood it mingles with the spicy sweet scents, uh, scent of the incense and there's this bitterness on your tongue and uh, your feathers sort of prickle and you hear uh, you don't hear I would say you read it in the runes that you have cast on the table you see deadly danger lies ahead but several of the runes fall in such a way that they cross counter to the danger. 
which uh, when you see the configuration of the runes, it is... Um, so this, this analogy, obviously, it makes your heart hitch for a second because it looks like it's uh, signifying Ragnarok. But in this context, it does not mean literal Ragnarok. What it means is a, a potentially life-ending danger. However, it is crossed by these other rune uh, configurations with your sheep's bones that suggest that some of the danger is in flux. There is uncertainty there. And it's like part of the danger is teetering on a fulcrum, where if it tips one way, it will push the peril ahead of you even further into darkness. If it tips the other way, it will help lift you into light. And you can tell that whatever this thing is, it is intricately tied with this event, what lies ahead. So okay. something at, during, related to the event itself could kind of go either way. And if it goes your way, it will be a great boon. If it doesn't... It'll make things even worse. Yeah. There will oh, there's... There is blood regardless, and you can see little drips of blood falling on all of the runes. Good, you know, beneficial and bane. <laughs> so it looks like there's, it's going to be nasty however you slice it. Was anyone watching me doing this? That's up to you. Well, it's up to the others, I guess. Was it Riodan or Tilly? Riodan might, yeah. Riodan might, yeah. So do, what does it say? Do you see this? Do, no. do you see the blood? What? Oh shit! What have you been doing on my floor? <laughs> I misread uh, this. <laughs> what does it say? This is a very important event, and I would recommend bringing weapons. To the party. It. I. Hidden. Discretion is what I advise, but also. Things could go either very well for us or very, very badly. That and by that like I mean. Everybody one or more, one or all more of us could die. Should things go incredibly awry. Again, seems normal, uh, but I'll bring kind a of... dagger or something. I'll bring my whip. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I understand what kind of parties you go to, but I. No. I think you need more protection, young man. There is plenty of protection at all of the parties. Don't worry, Front's very safe. Um, but maybe warn the others. They might just think this is a normal party. I I'm, would be concerned. No, Tilly, think, Tilly and Cloak know the danger. Glass is, well, Glass. Uh, one moment. And she's There's going no to. Helping uh, him. Well, I've got bodyguards. She's going, uh, she'll do a sending to Glass. Okay. Uh, so I'll let you figure out the sending you're doing. Um, Cloak, 
you rolled a nat 20. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to throw you a little bit of an extra bone. Uh, okay. So as over the course of the days, Wait, as you're kind of, you're kind of pumping these guys for some information, uh, you'll actually manage to talk to one of the older, not, not, not one of the younger ones that goes out and carouses when it's time to get off work. One of the older ones who really doesn't hang around most of the others, but this older guard is, um, is a woman probably in her late forties. So she's definitely like, uh, you know, she's kind of like one of the old sergeants who sort of oversees things and wrangles all these uh, young pup soldiers. And you catch her just sort of drinking alone and unwinding. And she has uh, been used to your presence because she's seen you going around talking to people, buying drinks, having a good time out in the, uh, out in the taverns. And so she's not super on guard when you approach her. And when you converse with her, you, uh, you learn that in addition to all of the stuff that the other guards told you, which she corroborates, um, she mentions that there is some relatively new business proposition that kind of helped kick Anastasia out of her mourning and out of her grief into back into action and threw her into trying to, to get the family back on track. And that involves some noble woman from, a, from outside of the crossroads. She doesn't know much about her, but Anastasia meets with her often and uh, has they've kind of become very close confidants. What time do they meet? I'm just curious. Is it like day or night time? Uh, well, I suppose they could meet any time they like. I've I've only noticed them meeting at the house, uh, usually after dinner. Interesting. Oh yeah, no, I just, just curiosity um, and all that kind of such. Um, so. Uh, how the the invitation specifically say, hey, like, you come to this party? Yeah, you are you are cordially invited to attend a celebration at uh, at the Bower of House Zealus. Uh, yeah, it, it was a, Anastasia Zealus invites you. Yeah, so you're personally invited by her. It has her signature and her seal, and uh, so it has the names of everyone who was you know. The, the previous party minus Kane mm-hmm. is specifically not named. So Rioden, uh, you know, Lord Rioden Osgray, Glazishin Carnelian, um, and I, it would probably say Master Glazishin Carnelian, uh, and just Cloak, uh, and also Kari of the Sable Court, and then uh, it also invites you to bring uh, any companions that you travel with now. Well. Why, why the personal invite? I don't really know this person. Nope. You have never heard of her. He's asking that. Oh, oh, you're asking the, the, the sergeant? Yeah. Uh, she says, uh, maybe, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe Miss Zealous uh, heard of you and, and your, your companions. She kind of looks you up and down. She says, clearly you're an adventurer, a mercenary of some type. Uh, and you don't get to wear that, and she points at your adamantine armor. You don't get to wear that without knowing what you're doing. So perhaps she would like to hire your services. Hmm. Can I roll insight? Sure. You absolutely so may make a wisdom insight, insight check. Got a six. Okay. Uh, yeah, she seems. Um, yeah, she seems sincere. She doesn't know the answer, and she just kind of offers you her best educated guess. Hmm. Interesting. Well, you know, thank you for your time. 
Uh, and then he uh, will pay for her next few drinks with a gold, and then okay, uh, uh, then make his way out the door. She gives a low whistle and slides the coin the coin over to her across the table and says, "No, no, thank you. Have a great night." And All right. So, uh, mm-hmm. so day before the uh, the party, uh, Tilly. You're over at the Everforged Smithy again, and so she has got your armor whipped, whipped perfectly into shape, and now has finished polishing it. So it absolutely sparkles, better than new. Um, some of the steel you think you could even pass for mithril if someone isn't too terribly knowledgeable looking at it. It has such a mirror shine to it now. Um, she mithril since I'm not very knowledgeable. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know this was mithril. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Riodan uh, has also sent his armor over at this point, and it has been yes. suitably embellished as well. It's gotten some gold filigree added. She uh, she actually engaged a jeweler to uh, help get the pieces that she wants to add on there, since she doesn't do that quite that fine of work herself. Uh, she and has etched... in that at some point in between, simple, uh, Tilly definitely went and bought like nicer undergarments to wear underneath her armor, and she's like, well, at least I'll dress up that. So she's got sure, sure. like, v- like much nicer clothes to go under instead of burlap colored. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Anyway, so something with like something with like more color and more color yeah. and and yeah, probably nice blue. higher quality fabric. Yeah, blue. I was I was thinking blue silk. <laughs> All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then the day before, yeah, you uh, you put on your new your new underduds, and she helps you get into your armor, and it feels like it it fits like a second skin. And uh, so she sort of uh, she sort of meticulously helps strap you into your armor, kind of turns you around, and um, there's a little bit of an extra lingering touch here and there as she's helping put you in. Like she just she didn't necessarily have to take you by the shoulder there, but she did, and it starts to get a little ooh, a little tingly. <laughs> And uh, so she kind of turns you around and takes a look at you, and very deliberately looks you up and down and says, "You look fantastic." Perfect Only bodyguard. thanks to your good work. Thank you. Thank you. Did you decide if you're going to come with us? How could I say no? Oh, perfect. You got to set armor for yourself, or are you going to wear something else? What are you going to bring? I do. I do. Uh, nothing quite this heavy, but I have my chain mail that I've, uh, I've dressed up some, cleaned it off, polished it, gave it a little bit of an acid bath, actually. Oh, perfect. So she, uh, wow. her, her chain mail gleams and sparkles. And uh, she starts getting ready to, to shimmy into that. <clears throat> and so you're all girding up. It looks lovely. I mean, you look, I mean, it looks lovely. You, it looks very nice. You've got a great, great handed work. Great hand work. Great hands. <laughs> you look great. She, uh, well, you should go she, party, you know. I mean, I just, I'm just saying. She smiles over her shoulder and uh, just kind of thanks you with this little awkward, coy smile and uh, and pulls her chainmail on. And I do have a question. Chain yeah. One tiny question. It's kind of a favor, Paula, if you don't mind me asking. I'll tip you if it's too much work. Um, what is it? I do have wee Heidi. I can't take her to the party. Do you, can I, I can't oh. leave her with a bear because I don't know. If, I, I haven't quite reached the relationship with bear to know if bear will eat Heidi. So is it okay if I leave it here during the party? Sure, we can we can leave Heidi here. That's fine. Great. I was worried I could take her to the party and they're gonna be like, "Don't yeah, get in, call lambs, farm animal, you know." That's fine. We'll uh, we'll leave her some water and uh, maybe some blankets in the workshop. She'll be fine. 
Oh, she loves blankets. Right. You probably have the best blankets, you, you know. You have Heidi taken care of. <laughs> all right, it? so uh, the day arrives, the evening arrives, and you're all ready to head out to the bower. Uh, dusk is settling. Uh, my, my sending oh, yeah. to Glass. Oh, yeah, sorry. I sending out to 25 words. Uh, grave, grave danger at party. Life and death in perilous balance. Bring weapon well concealed. Woe tidings, blood aplenty. Prepare knowingly. Also have bow tie for you. <laughs> <laughs> you could respond to this message. <laughs> yeah, last, totally. Uh, you know, especially with everyone, just like gloom, doom, gloom, doom, gloom. Oh, she bought me a bow tie, and that's pretty much where he. <laughs> And then you have to drink. <laughs> and then, yes, and then unfortunately, oh, damn it. I, swear to, I don't, why do these rules keep changing? And as he plays more mead pong. All right. So uh, the rest of you uh, are ready and heading out to the Z the uh, Zealous Estate, which is actually outside of Zobek proper. Um, so it has gardens and sort of a wall surrounding the estate. And uh, you can hear music as you uh, as you approach. You can see carriages that are coming from the city up the long crushed, uh, it's like crushed marble gravel. So it's this pristine white drive that leads up to the house. Uh, you can see the gate is open. There are guards in this sort of floral uh, livery and uh, polished like ceremonial looking breastplates and halberds. I see, they, they are uh, rich wankers. Oh yeah. Uh, before we get there, uh, I, uh, I wanna like have everyone in the group and I was like, uh, so, Ruadin and Galaz, uh, Ruadin, you might not understand this, but, um, Sir Ostrom, uh, uh, Zealus, or whatever the name is, uh, Ostrom, you know, the guy that we ran into at the, uh, Shadowcrug, um, this is his daughter, and we're walking into a trap. I'm pretty sure they're gonna try to kill us. Oh, I know. <laughs> I asked Wotan, is... and he said... He says that it is it is possible that we might all die should things not go well. Well, the the other business. Uh, I mean, you ask for ten, he gives you cryptic messages. I I got faxed, um, so facts. Well, it was more of a certainty of there will be blood no matter what. Well, People there, will so die. Yes. People will die. Either them or us. Uh, be careful. Jeez. She's going to die. This party just got a lot more interesting. Now it's a heretic party. Wow. Well, <laughs> so Mr. Paula, see, I told you the new bodyguards, look at him. This uh, just got she, personal. Paula's eyes uh, kind of perk up and she says, this, ah, so this is, why am I not surprised? This is a party you people are going to. All right. That's what I'm saying. There's blood because we're going to be there. I mean, literally. I haven't been to the party since I was fairly young. Her father, uh, then, I... is responsible for the death of Cain. Yes. Therefore, but, uh, so is she. Interesting. I, I, I don't know how you jump to that conclusion, but... Um, I mean, they're related. I mean, okay. aren't you all related in, in Borgau? Wouldn't you there then be? That, that, that's, this that's is a whole bag of worms I don't really want to get into. But um, so, uh, here we see right now. Um, 
she was in mourning recently, and then all of a sudden a new business proposal uh, found her, uh, and they don't talk until nighttime. So I'm just going to let that steering wheel uh, and see something shady might be going on. You know, they're walking into a trap, so we should murder everyone. Everyone. Yes. Yeah, all right. So as, uh, as you're all kind of congregating, are you going to wait for Glaz to show up? Because it seems he's running late. You're all there and Glaz isn't there just yet. Um, yes, I'm see... waiting because I have his bow tie. Let's see. Several several of you have been around Zobek quite a bit. Why don't um, Cloak and Riodan make me some intelligence history checks? Okay. Do I get that? Oh, and Cloak... Uh, Cloak, I believe you get to double your proficiency bonus if you're, because uh, you're. I'm this not. is going to be related to your favored uh, terrain. Okay. Yeah, I'm not there. 20, not Twenty-two is good. Terrain. Twenty-two is good. Seven. Seven is straight up. Seven is less good. Seven is less good. Yeah. Um, so you're kind of focusing on the whole shit. There's going to be vampires in here. Angle that you're working on, right? Um, Riodan, you're looking at some of the uh, the carriages that have come up, and it looks like are coming up now somewhat kind of in the fashionably late uh, uh, era that you guys are showing up in, mostly because you're waiting for glass. <laughs> uh, you notice a few familiar crests on the carriages, and you recognize um, the insignia of various other prominent families or houses from Zobek. You recognize House Hrovitz, House Kappa, House Vanderake, House Armanac, and uh, one that you don't recognize off the top of your head, but it uh, it is kind of tastefully understated compared to the others, which are a little bit like, look at me, we have money and standing and power. <laughs> now, uh, Hrovitz, you know for certain, the patriarch of, of uh, the Hrovitz family is one of the counselors. The basically the uh, the ruling council of of Zobek that advises the Lord Mayor. Really? Yep. I uh, pass this information on uh, to the party. Obviously, um, yeah. We should speak with them. I think might be worth at least sneaking around at the party. Obviously, I, know, I want to sneak well. around. At this point, Glaz comes uh, <laughs> hurrying his way up, a little bit disheveled. Yes. Glaz basically shows up wearing the equivalent of a 70s tuxedo um, with, like, whatever the Zobekian equivalent of completely horrible, out-of-fashion, bad taste, oh and far too many ruffles, <laughs> or not enough ruffles, depending on the Zobekian and taste. Uh, he was trying to match his carnelians, but it was not the quite same thing. But, but oh. and then great. He seems, he's kind of swaying a little bit. Doom, he sort of points to Rowan. Uh, doom, blood, everything's horrible. Oh, where's my bow tie? I, I need to finish my outfit. Can I tie right it? Here. I don't think I, I can tie things right now. She's going yeah, to I'm reach upset. up and tie it for him. I think I think and he if, looks fine. I mean, if there's a bit yes, of stuff I'm on, fine. on the face, I'm, I've, she's sort of doing the, the mob thing. Know. Of, you you know you probably know. Have you ever played mead pong? It would I I. Oh, mead pong. Mm. Oh, say, Tilly, you know. 
Are there rules? I thought I had it all figured out, but then I kept thinking and no one else did. I think it was fun, though. The game. You just kind of set some rules in the beginning and then the hole gets louder and louder and you just forget the rules and you just enjoy the media. That's just how we used to play but, it. But, well, but, but I need to have the rules. What do you mean you forget the rules? Wait, they, everyone else forgot the rules but me? I mean, uh, you gotta play it better next time. Just let it go, you know? I mean, have you guys ever noticed, like, when, like, someone buys us around, I just give my ale to Tilly? I don't drink. Oh, that's what? right. I knew that. I knew that. He sort of pokes, uh, but even I know the rules, on the so. nose. I literally never knew that. I'm, of I'm a bird. I have not then... this. Anyway, we have heretics here to kill, and as much as I love this chit-chat, I would rather be and, uh... Uh, fist deep down the throat of a uh, heretic right now. You know oh, what I mean? Crazy. Crazy. I see what you did there, Dan. It's deep. Ah, oh, you're funny. I mean, like, we should have a signal, like, if all shit is breaking loose, you know, uh, not just walk in with our vengeance boner and then start killing everyone. Mm, you... Okay. Don't don't walk in with any real bonus either. Also, class, please prestigitate yourself. You're a bit... um. He does a prestidigitation, which might make things worse. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to just... She, she just sort of licks her hands and slicks, slicks his hair back Ugh, and sort of well, wipes, oh, wipes his cheek. Oh, oh, gross spit. She does it to me all the time. You'll be fine. Does Glass have, like, a pocket right here that has nothing in it? Because he couldn't find sure. a chameleon? Okay, he did. Cluck takes off one of his mushrooms and then puts it in the front. Oh, oh. <laughs> I love you too, Cluck. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Can, so I, can I take, no, take some? Uh, can I pluck some of my feathers and put them in people's like hair or coat pockets? And sure. I see now, now. Now we are all matching. Well, I go. don't think this is going to help if we get attacked. I mean, it's very low. Brenda, but... you're my bodyguard. All right, and you too, Paula. So. When oh, I start uh, swinging, I'm trying to kill this woman, I expect you to be next to me. Please. Show so she some she looks she looks nervously over at the uh, at the the house and says, "You realize who's in attendance here tonight, right?" Yes, I know every house. I make sure the carriage doesn't way in. <laughs> I see at least one counselor's carriage here, as well as oh shit. Uh, I think there's a Praetor here. That is... That's Lady Merrick's carriage. Uh, so the Praetors, you know, are sort of like the secret council that are mostly all hidden. One Praetor, unlike all the others, makes her identity known. She is the leader of the Blue House, which you might have heard of before. The Blue House is essentially the secret police of Zobek. And it's kind of a, a world's worst kept secret that any citizen can denounce another citizen by leaving an accusation at the Blue House that they will then investigate. I do that all the time. Yeah. I wonder how many denounces Clark does. Only the one. I was really drunk. One? So she, so she just says, please, please, I understand that we might be walking into danger here. But be careful what you do. I mean, we're looking at some of the actual 
ruling government of Zobek in this house. But listen, I'm used to these kind of parties. Just because I want to slaughter every single person in there in a matter of moments, or if I take as long as I want with it, just spend all afternoon just wading through there. It doesn't mean I'm going to do that straight away. I mean, I'll do that my own time. time all right, you guys, like, if, there, if this is a trap, they're going to kill all the leadership, cause chaos, and then swoop and get control, take over. And I just oh, remember that... Uh reading I had a couple of weeks ago about your lady um, friend Riordan that Who? she seduces from beneath, from beneath the you know the one that's that wants you dead and whips oh, you in your dreams that oh, one. I hope she's here as well <laughs> she Killer. is he, she is here that was what it said she's beneath the barrel of blossoms this is what? that is their house why didn't you this is the greatest news I've had all week. Not only okay, do we no, get to no, kill Kings, uh, we also get to kill Cassidia, who's been a pain in the ass the whole time. They're all gonna. This is amazing. I, I this was, is a great I party. I was implying they have a new business contact that they met at night all the time. <laughs> so I, at this point, I think Rio Dan is just. Riordan is like talking, but he is walking towards the gates. Off I go. Like, this is um, delightful. Oh, and so, uh, so Paula, Paula, yeah, Paula looks over at Tilly, kind of catches her eye with this "oh boy" sort of look, and then goes up to to sort of flank Riordan with her. Um, Rowan's grabbing glass quickly and is just whispering to him, "Did you did you bring the lexicon?" You're, you're... Oh, yes. Yes, of course I did. Okay, because that was what I meant by weapon well concealed. But also, don't leave it around. Oh, you do have I it thought on you were right? talking about my dagger. I brought it too. <laughs> he starts He starts waving around a flame dragon fang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very subtle. It's, like, it's basically dripping magma or, or napalm is what it looks like. <laughs> Please conceal it. All right. Oh, okay. So you guys make your way. You guys make your way up to the house. Uh, as you approach the the open gate with the guards with halberds and and floral puffy uh, shirt sleeves and and burnished breastplates, they kind of uh, they don't really snap to attention. They were already there, but they kind of click their heels together as you approach, kind of acknowledging as you come forward. And uh, one of them looks at uh, Riodan, who is undoubtedly leading your procession. He does not look you in the eye, but he kind of looks down, like, towards your chin sort of deal, as, as he should. It's it's good etiquette, well observed. And he says, good evening. May I see your invitation, please? Of course. The hand them over. Yep, so he takes it, scans it over, uh, hands it back to you, and says, welcome to the bower, Lord Osgrey, and friends. Please. And he kind of I'm going to have a wonderful time. I have no doubt, my lord. Good evening, all of you. You all make your way uh, up the front garden. So there's sort of a, a long green garden that leads up to the house. Uh, there is, it's not really, it's not a fountain, but there's like a marble statue sort of in the, uh, in the, the front drive, which is a big circle. So the carriages can kind of let people off and then, and then pull off out of the way where they can be uh, uh, parked until they're ready to take their charges home. Uh, there's a hedge maze that you can just see the edges of that looks like it's kind of on the sides and back of the, uh, the manor house. 
and uh, you can hear string music just sort of wafting out into the night. Uh, the lights are glowing brightly inside, and all of the windows just spill this golden candlelight glow out into the night, kind of beckoning you forward. And as you approach, there's just this heavy, um, but not overbearing, floral perfume, all sorts of different flower scents in the air as you approach. It's, it's really quite lovely. You, uh, you make your way up. The front door opens as you approach, and there is a servant uh, dressed in fine, uh, fine house colors and not armor. This is actually like a like a butler, and they bow very low at the waist as you approach. Uh, and he says, "Welcome, friends and honored guests. Please, please come in." Gestures you inside. You can see that there is a table with. Uh, glasses of wine and uh, and a few other drinks uh, being continually refreshed for you to take as you like as you enter. The music is a little bit louder as you pass through the foyer, uh, sort of underneath this grand staircase that reaches up to the second floor into a set of double doors that leads you into a ballroom. And there are flower arrangements and bouquets and garland chains decorating everywhere. There's dark polished wood. By any chance, contain the the cori blossoms. A cori blossom. Um, why don't you? Let's see. How how closely did you study a cori blossom? Did you ever actually study it, or did you just hear about it? We had heard that there was a shortage of them. Right. Uh, why don't you make a? Um, uh, you could go with a wisdom perception, or uh, perhaps an intelligence nature check, whichever you like. Oh, great perception. We will go perception. Eleven. Hard to tell. There's a hell of a lot of different flowers here, and mostly you've just heard of a cori blossom. You've never really seen it, so you're not certain uh, how to pick it out. Okay. All right. So, uh, so you're all led into the house. Uh, is Puff Puff coming in with you, or I'm riding Puff Puff. Oh, you're going to try to ride her. Uh, then at oh, that yeah. point, the, uh, the the butler will say, ah. Sir, your mount will be uh, well taken care of. We shall see to her in the stables. No, this is not a mount. This is my companion. She comes with me. She's my plus she one. Is the, uh, she's the plus one. So he, he looks chagrined for a moment. Go ahead and make me a, uh, a charisma persuasion check, Cloak. And you can do so with advantage for a plethora of yeah. reasons. Uh, 13? Hmm. He says, uh, this, is, uh, this is most irregular, but as you are an honored guest, uh, I would never dream of sullying the honor of my mistress by barring you and your companion entry. Um, if you require anything for her, please do let us know. I mean, we left the bear, so the dogs... We figured the dog would be all right. He, uh, his eyes widen just a touch, but he, he covers very smoothly, and he says, uh, that is uh, very gracious of you, ma'am. And so you're uh, you're all let in. Uh, <laughs> Cloak talks puff puff past the doorman, uh, and you head into the ballroom. And you can see there are servants move, uh, sort of moving about with trays, with little bits of food, with drinks, clearing away uh, unwanted dishes and empty glasses very discreetly and quickly, sort of moving off to the sides. Uh, you can see a, a large number of guests. Um, you, uh, yeah, they're just sort of, uh, there's people moving about. Uh, there are 
like lounge areas set up with these sofas and tables with fruit and uh, and other foods upon them. Uh, there are great almost floor to ceiling windows and glass doors at the back of the ballroom that are open that open into the back terrace in the garden. This is delicious. Uh, this is far fancier than I've ever seen in my entire existence. You should really try the melon. It is lovely. <laughs> this could all be poison. It could be poisoned. Could be indeed. Glass looks at Bro, the closest part. So is the is the melon poisoned? Oh don't gosh, ask that the there, there, there are a few, uh, like, not really gasps, but sort of like, oh, from nearby. And a few a few people are sort of looking at Glass with these sort of, like, <laughs> sour expressions. Like, hmm. Really? Don't worry, I'm honored, uh, guest. I'm honored. Hi. Good to see you. Glass. Mm. Hello. Rowan's just going that to one's very tasty, tug even on... if it is poison. Rowan's tugging on his ear and kind of bringing him back into line oh, and also whispering. My burnt if ear. You need to know if it's poisonous. Just let me eat it because I do not think it affects me quite as much. Oh, that's right. You're dead. Okay. Don't. I I am I am dead tired and really just want to relax at this party. Tilly oh, eyeballing whatever glasses are thinking. What was that? Is that bubbly mead? What? It, yes, it oh it, it tickles your nose, but it's very it's, tasty. Come on, guys, we gotta we gotta stay in the game. We're gonna have to murder. Oh, right, <laughs> everyone needs to concentrate. Ryodan's going to kill everyone. I'm going to absolutely kill it when we play croquet oh, later. Speaking of which, that's, uh, I wish to find the wonderful Ms. Whatever her name is. Uh, who I'm going to kill later. What's her name again? Oh my God. The blue lady. Are you talking about the blue lady? Paula says, are, are you looking for the lady of the house? Right, right. Uh, Anastasia. Her name is Anastasia Zelis. Hmm. First time I've heard that one. All right, let's uh, find her. <laughs> All right, so you begin kind of circulating through the crowd. Are you trying to do any mingling, or are you just particularly looking for the hostess? I am mingling like, yeah, yeah. I'm mingling just, like it's my my natural habitats. Yeah. It's, oh, all right. Uh, so you just kind of just kind of drift your way through, make small talk with other guests, or are you just kind of focusing on finding the hosts? Uh, he he's he'll make a bit of small talk, but it is all um, in order to try and find. Uh, okay. Anastasia. Uh, why don't you go ahead and make me a charisma persuasion check, just to see, uh, just to give me an over overall feeling of your. Ah, your uh, bow ties are cool. <laughs> yes. Twenty-six. The lady. That'll be great. All right. So you guys have seen Ryoden in party mode before, and it's usually a little bit dismaying for most of you because you usually see him partying places like the Wheat Chief and the Silk Scabbard, which are sort of scuzzholes. Here, however, 
it's like a switch flips and he goes into full-blown noble firstborn son mode and he just blends seamlessly with this crowd he picks up their banter he uh he has a couple of people laughing at his jokes just sort of shotgunning them as he goes by and they have people he like turns heads who are talking in his wake but then just kind of go back to what they were saying he's just enough to be attention grabbing but not enough to be memorable in the moment so he's not pulling that attention with him as he goes from node to node of these people mingling around it's really strange to watch given what you've usually seen of him so that's, that's, uh, that's you, yeah uh Riodan, you're able to sort of uh, cut a swath really a, a suave silk smooth swath through the nobility gathered here nobility such as it is aristocracy and uh and you manage to pinpoint in a little bit of uh banter and conversation that anastasia is indeed present and she is at the farthest uh sort of salon area set up near the near the back windows and so you you start making your way over there is everybody else just kind of following along in his wake <laughs> no I got to protect them, so I got a follow on. Yep. All right, the dwarves Glass are definitely will... following. Glass is going to follow along behind Tilly because he's trying to keep trying to whisper in his ear. Oh my God! Do you see this? He slides right through this place like snot on a runny on a runny nose. It is amazing. <laughs> I was literally I was literally mid bite of that hand pinwheel and I couldn't even swallow it with this like. Privileged talk is it's really it weird is, to hear. I mean, he was like, he You tried one of these, and I hand, start handing Tilly strong drinks. <laughs> his glass is putting them down as fast right. as he can. Okay, so keep in mind Slicker that the dwarves are sort of. on a doorknob, I swear. <laughs> the dwarves are keeping pace with Ryoden, so they can't really, she can't lag behind too much if she wants to stay up there. Uh, Rowan, what are you doing? Following along as well? She... or No, she's going to be inspecting and like just kind of watching and moving around and looking, observing. Okay, Cloak, Cloak, you said you're not following Ryoden. What are you doing? Uh, I am uh, going around with Puff Puff, and uh, I want to roll a survival check. Am I still in urban territory? Um, You're kind of in a gray area here. What are you wondering about? Uh, I want to try to search for um, uh, undead and see if I can find their their markings or similar patterns or behaviors that you would see with vampires in particular. Okay, so you're trying to you're trying to kind of gauge the crowd and sniff out who might be a vampire. Yeah. Um, are are you wanting to just do that sort of on your own senses and knowledge, or do you want to use your your primeval awareness? Oh, fuck it. Let's use my primeval awareness. Okay. All right. So you uh, you concentrate for a moment. You sort of run your hand through Puff Puff's fur, and you can feel this prickling tingle that just is her, her fey nature. There's this energy that just sort of flows off of her. You tap into that, and you, you close your eyes and sort of tilt your head, realizing that the Zealous family has taken little bits of the natural world and spread them all throughout their house for you. And so you take a deep breath of that floral perfume coming from all the bouquets and garlands and, and flower wreaths that are, uh, that are scattered about. Um, and the servants themselves are wearing like woven flower crowns as they, they mingle through the, cr uh, through the crowd. And you take a deep breath and you can almost 
feel the scent trails of each different blossom. Um, naturally, you detect the presence of, uh, of Fae in, in the form of Puff Puff. Also, that weird undead resonance from Rowan. However, you definitely detect other undead as well. You'd probably mm-hmm. detect a total of... You would guess... Uh, it's a small to middling group of them. You'd say somewhere between five and ten. Oh, fuck and me. they're just oh. sort of around. You don't get a pinpoint location, but they're mm-hmm. near. They're easily within the, the bounds of the house. Uh, and that's where I'm going to start uh, going through and uh, seeing if I can track any of them. Okay. Uh, so as you're doing that, uh, why don't you give me a wisdom perception check, please? Uh, 14. 14. You notice another familiar face. It needles at you a little bit because you can't really place why this particular individual, why this silhouette is kind of drawing your attention. And it's a, it's an older gentleman, um, probably in his late 60s, uh, very gray, almost going to white hair, sort of long shoulder length, but like quaffed and kind of curls in. Uh, he's wearing um, tasteful, but obviously very expensive, fine clothing. He has a cane with a little... Uh, little golden uh, sort of knob head that he holds on to. Um, and he's speaking to uh, this other sort of larger stocky human individual who is wearing uh, a chain of office around his neck with a seal on it, the seal of Zobek. And you surmise that that fellow must be the counselor. The old guy he's talking to, who's talking to him though, it takes you a minute to realize that you think you've seen him before. If you remember back after the uh, the devil attack incident during the sit down at the Silk Scabbard, a contingent of City Watch was coming to roust the 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 bar in the wake of everybody mm-hmm. fleeing from the devils. And if you recall, they were intercepted by an individual who sort of stopped them and then sent them on their way elsewhere. You think this was the this was the guy that stopped a, a squadron of guards from coming to? To turn over the silk scabbard. Oh, I am keeping my eyes on him. Okay. Um. Yeah. And everyone else is not by me right now, so yeah. Uh, I'm I'm keeping my eye on him. Um, uh, because something's up. Uh, so uh, as you're as you're sort of letting your senses flow, you notice this guy. You're starting to to think about checking out for the uh, the presence of the undead, trying to track them down. He just kind of happens to turn, and he catches your eye, sees you see sees you kind of looking at him, mm-hmm. smiles a little bit, raises his glass, and offers just the tiniest nod, and then goes turns and goes back to his conversation with the uh, the medallioned individual. I'm rolling insight on that because because sure. <laughs> cloak's a paranoid fuck. Uh, sure. Twenty-three. I rolled a seventeen. It didn't register. That's okay. So, twenty-three. 20, um, 20, right. Twenty-one. Sorry. Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Seventeen plus four. So you would say that there was uh, a moment of surprise and then recognition and um, amusement. Son of a bitch! We are in a trap. Um. I would. Uh... It, uh, it didn't give you the vibe. It gave you a vibe of like, you know, see, seeing someone that you know at a place you didn't expect to see them. Like, oh hey. 
Yeah, but like the guards were coming to help us, right? To the um You don't know. I mean the guards heard that there were a bunch of monsters or something attacking the bar, so they were who knows what they were coming to do. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh I'm keeping my eye on him. Sure, no problem. Um I may I'm no, I'm not gonna ask around because I'm pretty sure everyone's probably really snooty to me because I'm I'm in like adventuring gear. Uh, a bit, yeah. You do, you do get some some looks. However, as you guys are drifting around, you notice another individual that you recognize, and you hear him before you can see him. Oh, <laughs> of course! How delightful, my dear. Hmm. Yes, yes. Uh, it's so droll. Uh, I, I wish that we had met sooner. This would be lovely, of course. Yes. No, do, do handle your business. Of course, I'll be here. I'm not going anywhere else. This is the place to be this evening for certain. Yes, of course. Do remember, Thrick, two Ks. Yes. And so you uh, you see the uh, the liveried form of Vandessian Thrick in that finery that he wore when he came to the sit-down. Similar deal to that, just sort of mingling and his boisterous self with a large tankard of uh, what looks like some sort of uh, very dark ale and uh, just kind of owning his section of the room. Right. Uh, who sees him? Is it me? Uh, you first and then everybody following that, yeah. I should not even be surprised that he's here. I'd be, I'd be making my way towards Thrick as everyone does their sure. own thing. No, no problem. Yeah, so I'm you headed, guys, I'm to the salon. Oh, yeah, you guys are headed over to the salon. We'll go to we'll we'll jump over to you as you approach. You can see that there are several of those kind of overstuffed, very comfy looking couches, like a couple of fainting couches and those weird Victorian sort of circular ones with the little. Uh, central cushion column in the middle so a bunch of people can sit around it in a circle. I don't know what they're called, but they're cool-looking and bizarre, so they have one here. Uh, you see a lovely woman with long, sort of uh, almost ringlet curl black hair, uh, and her skin is very uh, very dusky, this sort of medium tone brown, and she has very dark but sparkling eyes, and she is dressed in... Um, She's dressed in this embroidered silk. Uh, it's not a dress. It's really more like a sort of a shirt corset kind of deal with a little bit of a, like a shrug wrap half cape. Um, she's wearing uh, trousers, these uh, almost tights-like pants, like hose, and these knee-high boots that are somewhere between riding boots and something that you'd expect an adventurer to wear. Um, it's, her outfit is trimmed in uh, silver, and she's not really wearing a whole lot in the way of jewelry or other ornamentation, but you uh, believe that that is the person you're looking for. Uh, so that must be Anastasia Zelis, and she is seated on the couch with, uh, with her one leg crossed over the other at the knee and uh, sort of leaning in to another stunningly beautiful woman who you immediately recognize. The flowing sort of imported silk uh, evening gown, her hair pulled up into into sort of a faux messy updo is Valia from the Silk Scabbard, and they're uh, they're sort of leaning close to one another and uh, talking in quiet but animated tones. Hmm. How many other people from the Silk Scabbard are around? Uh... Just Valia, uh, or is there like the owner and the of the no courtesans? Just, just Valia. Mm. But if you recall, Valia is the one who delivered you the uh, the invitation. That's right. Yeah. Yes. All right. Play this cool, everyone. 
follow my lead. I mean, I am a bit chilly, but all right. So you uh, you approach, and as you come up, you uh, do indeed catch their attention, and they uh, they both turn to look at you. Valia brightens up even more immediately when she sets her eyes on you and looks over to Glaz, uh, and she sort of says something very quickly to uh, to Anastasia. Stands up and just glides gracefully across the floor towards you. She holds out her hands and says, "Glaz, I'm so happy to see you here. Thank you for coming." She kind of takes your hands in hers, leans forward, gives you a kiss, like a just a you know peck on each cheek, and then comes back and says, "This outfit is very you." <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I tried to find something that was not me because I didn't think I was supposed to be me here, but I decided that well, I just didn't have much choice, so I guess I ended up being me. It's good to see you too. Hi, how are you? I've been playing me wrong. Ah. Uh, all right. Well, it seems you got it's an early start story, this evening. but I'll tell you all about it. This will be interesting. Well, well, come, come, please. Let me introduce you to our host. Please. I would. So she, uh, she sort of sweeps back over to the salon sitting area, holds out her hand, which Anastasia reaches up and takes, and just kind of glides up to her feet. And um, so, as Anastasia stands, she has just the slightest kind of polite mask smile on her face, but her eyes have grown granite hard as you guys approach. She uh, she kind of inclines her head to all of you and uh, Valia makes quick introductions, gives give some of your, your, your names around and says, and may I present our hostess, Miss Anastasia Zilas. And Anastasia kind of nods her thanks to Valia, looks across at all of you and says, well, Thank you for accepting my invitation. I'm pleased that you did. I hope that uh, you'll find any comfort you require here. And if you don't find it, you have but to let me know, and I'll see to it. Enchanted. And I would like to use my predatory charm on Anastasia Ooh. as I kiss her hand, uh, reared and smiles, and there's a, a hunger and a promise in his eyes. But it's... Uh, Ooh, all right. So I have advantage on charisma checks. Right. Yeah, there's no uh, that that lasts a good hour. She'll be sort of in your in your power in your charm. So you have advantage on charisma checks against her. So you see her uh, facade kind of crack and soften just a little bit, and uh, and she lets Riodin kiss her hand and sort of makes uh, kind of goes around to each of you and makes a more direct personal introduction. Um, Tilly and Rowan and Paula, if you introduce your bodyguards, she doesn't have the same sort of almost reflexive hostility or, or coldness towards you, but she's still very, you know, formal meeting someone for the first time, that kind of thing. To the other two, because Cloak isn't there at the moment, there is, there is an edge of ice and steel in her demeanor and her voice when she speaks to them. And so she uh, she begins making some small talk, just kind of asking how you found the evening, if there's anything you need, and if you have any questions about things, she answers them. Glass. It is it is wonderful to meet you. You're just as you're just as lovely as Thelmeyer Swamp. That's where I'm from. That's home. She uh so at that she she actually does smile a bit and she says I don't think I've ever been paid quite such a compliment, 
but thank you very much. I've heard wonderful things about the mushrooms that come from the Thalmire. Oh, yes, I used to harvest them. That was where I was found by the Bimian scholar. And he just starts. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, Raiden, Raiden cuts for him and says, We've been all over. Me, Glass, and the rest of my companions. Funny all right, Cloak, you were, yeah, Cloak, you were headed over to talk to Thrick. Anything you wanted to say in particular? Yeah. Or? Uh, like, I would go meet him normally and, like, go, like, oh, come for a hug. And then as I hug him, I was like, this is a fucking trap. There's fucking vampires here. Just keep it cool. And I'd be like, oh, it's so good to see you again. He, uh, so he kind of breaks the hug and kind of claps you on the shoulder and gives you a shake and says, never a dull moment around you and yours. I must say, Cloak, it's lovely to see you. I didn't know you were invited. You need a uh, drink. Yeah, there's a, you there's a... You, you don't need no. a drink, do you, if I recall? No. I Wonderful. But, More for uh, me. You can have two. You can have one for me. Um, <laughs> that I will. So, and he kind of snaps yeah. his fingers, and a servant comes over, and he gets another drink. Now he's two fisting. Uh, and at that Phrasing. point, he'd be like, "Yes." Uh, he'd be like, uh, yeah, "I gotta find the others and let them know." Um, just want to, you know, uh, just greet you and let you know. Uh, this uh, keep your arms closed. I does. See ya. <laughs> and then. <laughs> Will do, always. And he kind of lifts one of his tankards to you, finishes it, and sets it on a side table. Is the, is the bodyguards with him? Uh, no. No, they are not. Okay. Um, all right. It looks so, like he's here uh, in party mode. Okay. Does it look like he had a weapon on him? Uh, he had, um, he would have had what looks like a rapier at his side. Okay. Yeah. So like, a, um, you know, something you would expect to see a noble walking around with. Yeah. Uh, at that point, I would try to go uh, find everyone else. and So uh, you can uh, you can drift over and find them at the salon, speaking to who must be your hostess and uh, Valia, the uh, the courtesan from, from the Silk Scabbard. What, what was it about Valia? She gave Glass us the invitation. Glass's gaming partner? Yep. Okay. Guys who I play uh, games with all the time. Do I do I see how she's being icy towards well, everyone but Riordan? Oh yeah, when you come up, you can see that uh, that Anastasia is definitely got some steel in her spine when she's talking to, uh, well, mostly just to to Glaz now, <laughs> and then to you when you approach. She uh, she sees you and smiles that same almost practiced masking smile, and uh, and inclines her head slightly, and she says. You must be Cloak. I've heard wonderful things about your services that you've done to the merchants uh, and others. Uh, I'm going to roll insight on her. Sure. Fucking goddamn it. Eight. An eight. An eight. Um, Her response was smooth, and minus that little bit of tension that you caught as you came up, she seems like she means it. Like, perhaps she heard of some of the, the mercenary work you've done. Because you've worked with various of the trading caravans and the like. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, but there wasn't anything spectacular. <laughs> Cloak, you do yourself a disservice. He's one of the most talented people I've ever had the pleasure to come across. Modesty aside, I've heard good things. Interesting things. Well, well he's a traveler just like the rest of us. You know, we only recently we went to Shadowcrag. 
It was quite the place. <laughs> I want to roll inside so, on her when he's, she says that. <laughs> first, uh, go ahead and make me a... What are you trying to do there? Are you trying to rattle her? Or are you trying... I mean, assume you're trying to rattle her. He's trying to get us killed. Yeah, I want to I wanna see the reaction. Okay. Uh, why don't you make me a charisma persuasion or intimidation check? Your choice. With advantage because of your predatory charm. That's a nat 20. <laughs> Oh, damn. <laughs> All right. Uh, so her eyes immediately begin to well up just a little bit at the corners, and her smile cracks and falters. And she's sort of doing her best to, to hold it together and not, like, break um, in full view of everyone. She, uh, she sort of covers by taking a sip of her, of her champagne and... Uh, takes maybe a larger drink than you otherwise might in uh, in a sort of polite circumstance like this. And she did, says, what? Oh, I mean, like, did did uh, the cloak kind of catch what Reardon's doing? I mean, you heard him talk about that you guys traveled to Shadowcrag, where okay. you I, know you killed her father. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to let her say what she's going to say, and then I may add to that. She says, uh, yes, I'm, I'm quite aware of the extent of some of your travels. I've had the occasion to follow some of those paths myself. Uh, in particular, to the, the ruins of Strasheim to the north. I am quite curious about some of your dealings and, and endeavors, if you would indulge me. I would oh, love we killed to. some cultists. I would love to know more about why you killed my father. Oh my! I, he was I a heretic. Have, I have not heard this story. <laughs> he murdered I've never had my the brother. Of, uh, I've never had the pleasure of uh, visiting Shadowcrag. And what what did you just say, Riordan? He murdered my brother. Your father was a murderer, a cultist, and a dangerous man. Also, why do you like vampires so much? Oh my god. She just sort of ignores Cloak and uh, and just kind of stares at Riodin. You were hunting him. Insofar as I hunt bad people, uh, we became aware of his exploits and put an end to them. There was a great deal at stake. Oh? And she kind of, like, you can see her jaw tensing. I'm sure I don't need to tell you what your father was up to. Like you said, you've walked the same path. Oh, I, I, I followed the road to Shadowcrag when he didn't return. And some of his, uh, some of, some of the men-at-arms told me where he and his um, retinue had gone. Can I ask you? I sorry. found him. I found him in the courtyard. Left there to rot. Dan, can I ask you if I can yeah. get a read on the room while this conversation's happening? It's obviously tense sure. among everybody, but I want I want to yeah. tell you to be able to look around and be like, is so there conversation? There were a, there were a couple people close enough nearby to hear some of this. Uh, it's about fifty fifty between finding reasons to lean a little closer to here because this shit is juicy and the other ones finding something super interesting on the other side of the room to go check out. 
Um, <laughs> I haven't said hello to uh, them yet, huh? Mm. So and Rowan's um, also going to be doing a detect good and evil while this is happening. Ooh, all right. So you cast detect good and evil. Um, why don't you go ahead and give me a? <sighs> go ahead and give me a. Uh, we'll call it dexterity or charisma stealth check. Your choice to see how well you can subtly manage the components. Okay. There's one thing I want to say after this uh, description. Sure. 14. Okay. Um, so Anastasia's eyes kind of flick over to you as you make the gesture and whisper a prayer to Wotan, but she doesn't react more than that, other than noticing that you did something, probably cast a spell. Uh, and now that she's standing, you can see that she, like others, also has a rapier uh, belted at her hip. Um, your question, Cloak? Uh, no, when she says, uh, I, my father was there left to rot, and I was like, no, uh, that was because he was using void magic and he was rotting himself. I would have given him the honor of burning the body afterwards, but that is a tradition I serve only for those who aren't heretics. Uh, at this point, her jaw actually clenches. And she sort of turns away from Cloak and looks at Glaz and says, and what about you, Trollkin? Master oh, I can Carnival. tell you all about the story. Well, you see, your father, he was doing this whole thing where he was disrupting the Shadow Road, and see, when the Shadow Road was being cut off almost entirely, and then there was a big dread walker. His name was Yagargrath, and you see, he was supposed to be in the forest, and then somehow so, he was Pause, pause the moment. Did Glaz, did Glaz just, like, stammer mushmouth over that name, or did he actually say it? He was trying to say it. Okay, so then he says it. Uh, and when you do, the glass in her hand shatters. And she startles and sort of wipes the, the wine off of her hand. And she looks frightened and, and sort of looks up at Glass with this, uh, this definite visible crack in her, her facade. Oops. Messing with very powerful things and trying to do very not good things with them. Cutting off a, a, one of the ley lines in a shadow road. It's never a very good idea. Um, all right. I would like you to make a charisma persuasion check with advantage. Me? For void magic. Mm -hmm. Oh, God. Glass is terrible at charisma. That <laughs> yeah, I am too, I, but I have advantage, so that's how I win every time. You get, you get drunk advantage, so great. <laughs> Wow, that's a 16. 16, all right. Okay, 16. So um, she just sort of, she listens to the the just verbal outpouring that is Glass on normal mode. And, uh, and after she recovers from that shock of one hearing that blasphemous name that makes the universe itself shudder in loathing and, you know, the shattered glass that now that you look at it has slightly blackened edges on the splinters that have clattered to the floor. Um, she sort of looks down, picks one of those slivers out of her palm, and and uh, and she she nods once, and she says, "I uh, I know that he was involved with things. I didn't know what." And she looks shaken now, like she looks disturbed. I uh, I step in close to her for a second. Are mm -hmm. you 
sure you're telling us the whole truth because it is my divine god-given duty to root out all heretics she uh sort of looks her eyes up at you and she's really having torn feelings toward Den right now because he's saying shit that's like goading the crap out of her but you can tell me the truth he's just so damn charming um go ahead and make me a, a charisma persuasion check with advantage just to see how well this this shakes out Tilly's wondering, like... 23. 23. All right. Uh, Paula has sort of leaned, uh, has sort of edged closer over to Tilly to, like, just kind of brush you with her shoulder, and you can see that her hand is on her weapon. She isn't drawing it. She's not making any any over-aggressive moves right now, but you can tell she's ready. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, Rioden. She uh, sort of bites her lip, composes herself a bit, And she says, there's a great deal I'm not telling you, Lord Osgray. But there's also a great deal I don't know. I knew that for months, years really, my father had been acting strangely. But I didn't know why. If what Glazishin says is true, that makes more sense. Uh, Glaz, you hear a whisper in your ear from Walker. Perhaps if you could prove it to her, she might be more amenable to you. She thinks you murdered her father in cold blood. Glaz. Okay, so we'll pause there for a second. So you cast Detect Good and Evil. That gives you a 30-foot range of detecting freaky shit, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, I so I would say you detect the presence of a desecrated area all around you. Not as powerful as something as, say, an unhallow spell, but there is definitely a dark, twisted presence just suffusing this whole place. Uh, and in fact you can see uh, little bits of, it looks like little drops or flecks of red, crimson, so deep and so dark as to be almost black. And you can see them just sort of drifting, almost lava lamp-like in all of the drinks and glasses anywhere nearby that you look. Uh, Shit. Is Tilly drinking anything? Tilly and Paula, I don't think. Tilly and Paula have not drunk anything. Not when I'm on. Not when I'm on duty. Yeah. No, we don't drink tonight. Cloak's too paranoid. Glass. Cloak Glass doesn't drink. Doubting him like left and right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so you're detecting. Uh, so you're also starting to feel that that uh, sort of corrupted from uh, the people around as well. Glaz for sure. Um, uh, Anastasia herself. And you can see that there's some of those oily black, you know, crimsonish drops left over from where her glass shattered running down her hand. They're not really there, but you can just see it. Um, like where the sliver pierced her palm. Uh, and from uh, Valia as well. From Valia. Mm-hmm. She's been there. She's been drinking. Everybody's been drinking. So, uh, a clock 
somewhere in the hall begins to chime, chiming on the hour. It strikes the hour of probably eight o'clock at this point. And, uh, and um, Anastasia sort of shakes herself out of it and says, oh, well, this has become a surprisingly interesting conversation that I'm looking forward to continuing. But we have a little business to attend to at the moment. Everyone, if I could direct your attention, and she waves her hand up toward a balcony that runs around the upper edge of the ballroom and a, a set of stairs that leads up to it, and you see a striking figure standing at the top of it. May I present our guest of honor? Her Grace, Kusinia Holrosu of the Greater Duchy of Morgau and Korish. Red and smiles. <laughs> and there at the top of the stairs, you see the alabaster skin, flowing midnight hair of, you recognize her, Ryoden, and I think Rowan, Rowan, you didn't see this vi this vision, so you've never seen her before, but that is, uh, that is Kosinia standing up there, looking as stunning and regal as she did on that first night when she walked into your family's manor, Ryoden, and laid the seeds for your failed insurrection against the Blood King. She lays one hand with these long, perfectly manicured, gorgeous, deep crimson lacquered nails that kind of gleam in the candlelight. And she just glides down the steps, almost like she's not even really walking. And, uh, and her hand just caresses the polished wood as she descends. She smiles wide with these bright, pearly white teeth. And you don't see fangs or anything like that, but she is giving a, a, a wonderful toothy smile. And she says, thank you, Anastasia, for that wonderful introduction. I so desire to speak with your friends. And she takes her hand from the banister as she reaches the floor and holds it out towards Anastasia. And Anastasia sort of disentangles herself from, uh, from you. Rowan, you detect the presence of undead. <laughs> <laughs> nope, nope, and, nope, uh, nope. And she, uh, she walks kind of quickly but stately across the floor just as, and arrives just as Cosinia reaches the, the bottom of the stairs, takes her hand, and, uh, and Cosinia kind of draws her in, kisses her on each cheek, and as she does so, she has locked eyes with Ryoden, just over, uh, over uh, Anastasia's shoulders. And as she does, she sort of lingers on the second kiss, inhales deeply, and you can see the tip of her tongue flicks over Anastasia's earlobe. And you can see uh, Anastasia give a little shudder of delight. She kind of takes her by hand and glides back over to you. And she holds out her other hand to Valya who smiles with this broad, beaming smile and a little touch of a blush to her cheeks, takes her hand and she says, so lovely to see you again, my pet. Kisses her hand and is just locked eyes with Valya when he kisses, when she kisses her hand. Oh, no. Oh. I'm so glad that everyone has arrived. You hear a, a sudden yawn from uh, from off in the room. And you can see that people are like settling down on chairs and, and kind of finding couches or just leaning against walls. And everybody looks out of it. You can see them all drowsing heavily. Like, uh, yeah, look. I'm gonna run the Thrick and cast Lesser Restoration. 
Okay. Uh, you can, in fact, see that he is steadying himself on a side table. His eyes have, uh, his pupils have kind of blown wide, and uh, and he's wavering on his feet. You run over, whisper an incantation, and you can feel the warm energy, and you all can see the green sort of sparkle rising up from his fingertips. And then Anastasia waves her hand and snaps, and the spell dissipates. You fucking bitch! She smiles at you, and the tip of her tongue glides over her lips, and you can see the tips of her canine teeth descend just a little bit. As all around the room, everyone begins falling unconscious. You can see the guards all about the room are not dropping. They're all just kind of looking, and they're looking at Anastasia, who is, um... She has a very... uh, she looks torn. She looks concerned. She looks frightened. She looks angry. But then there's this sort of adoration, this uh, devotion that's being pulled out of her towards Kustinia. Uh, and uh, you can when? see Valia sort of places a hand to her, her forehead and, and settles back on the couch dizzily. Yeah, Rowan? When she counterspells him, mm-hmm. I'd like to just look around look at the ceiling and she's going to cast daylight okay keep in mind daylight is not sunlight not sunlight no it's just bright it's not sunlight it's just bright yeah so is that something you can do while um yeah while they're doing that uh Peridon hasn't stopped looking at Cassinia. okay it's been a long time. You didn't have to go to all of this trouble just to get me alone. Oh, but you're far from alone, my little Lord Osgrey, are you? She kind of purrs at you, and her fangs are fully descended now, and they gleam in the candlelight. Stark, too bright white teeth. Too white. And she sort of uh, caresses the side of Valya's face as she drowses on the, uh, on the, the, the divan there. And, uh, and she says, well, I think the time has more than come to finish our business, don't you? Apologies Tell me one thing. You will be missed. And she slashes her index fingernail across Valya's throat, and her blood spurts with a widening of her eyes down her silk dress, sprays across Cosinia's face, uh, as well as Riodan's and uh, Tilly's. As she slumps forward, kind of weakly gurgling and clutching at her bleeding throat, she suddenly lurches upright, throws her head back, and is hovering two inches off the floor. You can see blood spurt out of her throat with those strange veins that you saw before when uh, that black shield exploded in the middle of the silk scabbard. She screams this ragged, gurgling scream that forces more blood to bubble out of her throat, and collapses to the ground. This great, weltering, swirling ball of blood remains in the air, catches fire, and explodes. In the wake of this, um, you all sort of throw up your hands and, uh, and kind of protect yourselves from it. It's not like a fireball. It's not enough to burn you or scorch you. It's just like a blast of heat and sulfurous stink. How are you all reacting? Raiden says, uh, all you've done is saved me a job. One less heretic. And draws his whip. Ooh. Um, um, all right. 
but it's everyone else kind of reacting in the moment. We're not doing initiative and, just yet. So am I am I by there? there? Uh, you ran over to um, to Vandessian and tried to count, tried to okay. uh, lesser restore. So who? So Anastasia's unconscious now, or is she a vampire? Uh, Anastasia is like wiping at the blood on her face and looking at her okay. hands, stunned. Um. um uh, so one thing I want to do real quick is look at the guards, roll a persuasion, be like, that bitch is a fucking vampire, we need to kill her, and like pull out his sword and goes, Margaret, and then his sword lights on fire. So you're drawing your blade, calling for the guards. Uh, Riodan is uh, pulling his whip out, which lashes into its blood, barbed blood tendrils. Uh, uh, Glad. Immediate reaction. Then we'll get to Rowan. Sorry. Uh, I mean, Glass seeing Valia's throat being slit. I think, you know, it happens in slow motion for him. Um, you know, there is no way to react fast enough to stop that from happening. But then his um, his eyes turn to Cosinia. And he goes, I will unleash the void itself upon you for what you have done. Uh, that makes her smile all the wider, and it's an inhuman grin at this point, just a little too much. Uh, all right, Rowan, how are you reacting? Uh, can I rush over to Valia? So you're rushing over to Vadia. Got it. So uh, yeah. Yeah, I assume you're attempting to try and staunch the, the flow of blood. So, staunch, staunch the blood, ch- um, uh, check her pulse to see if she's still among the living. And okay. Yeah. All right. Give me a wisdom medicine check. I'll let you make that check real quick here and we'll see what happens. Well, um... Her eyes are still open, and they're weakly sort of fluttering back and forth. Uh, so as you run over, you can see that. And you, it looks like she's trying to scream, trying to say something, but all that happens is little, the tiny bit of blood that's left in her body just sort of burbles out through her slashed throat. Um, Tilly, how are you reacting? Paula is staggering back. She actually uh, jumps in front of you holds up her hand, and the fire just kind of breaks around you, and you can hear her praying in Dwarven. Tilly, I mean, stunned, but terrified for the first time in any fight we've encountered so far. Tilly's going to reach back for her hammer, just go ahead and grab a hopeful grist on it, and say, (laughs) if it's you I heard, this is the time that we have to do this now. I've never felt this scared. So... In the wake of that explosion of fiery, hellish, sulfurous energy, there is something left behind. There's a shadow there that begins to burn, and you hear the planks, the uh, the, the wooden flooring of the, the ballroom crack and splinter and char as a massive, 13-foot-tall, great wingspan spreading out to blot out the windows with a mace forged of hellish infernal iron wreathed in flames, massive venom-dripping fangs, and a, a stinger on its tail lashing back and forth. This red, leathery, scaled figure 
opens its mouth and bellows. And as it does, you hear, feel its voice in your mind. It's not an actual voice. And it slithers across your consciousness. Blood and souls for the Archdukes tonight. As uh, the Pit Fiend manifests itself on the material plane, you, uh, you all sort of stagger back, and then you see one individual kind of on the far side of the room, just on the other side of it, with his head tilted to the side, like, curiously and with a little bit of surprise. Uh, Cloak, that old individual, the guy you recognize from outside mm-hmm. the silk scabbard, he kind of looks at his drink, cocks an eyebrow, and, like, sets it down distastefully, but he doesn't seem to have succumbed to whatever it is that uh, made everyone else fall uh, fall asleep. Oh. So uh, let's all roll some initiative, shall we? Shall we? Uh, I don't know. Do I really want to? The time when it really matters for me to roll initiative, I roll Dan initiative. Dan rolls a nat 20 on initiative. Oh, fuck. Down this game. Oh, piffy. I don't want to play anymore. Game over. Dan's being mean. Oh, you know. All right, so uh, 25 to 20, 20 to 15. Mm. Oh, no. well. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Steve. All right. <laughs> Guess I'll die. Uh, uh, <laughs> 10 to 5. Sorry, do we do, we do 15 oh, to 10? Yeah, 15 to 10, 10 I got 14. So we got a 14 for... Ridan, 10 to 5. Nine for Glass. Oh boy. Six for Rowan. Oh. Uh, Tilly Is that also eight for Tilly? Nice. Yeah, six. Oh, six for Tilly. Um, uh, six for Rowan, six for Tilly? Yeah. Uh, Tilly's for... got higher dex, though. So. We'll go Rowan first, mm-hmm. then we'll go Tilly. Uh, let's see. Is that everybody? Did I get everyone? I think so. Cloak uh, to five. Cloaks of five. There we go. That's what I'm missing. Yeah. Cloaks of five. And Paula. Where are you at, Paula? Ooh, not great. <laughs> oh, gonna get Paula. <sighs> All right. So the very first thing that happens is Cosinia laughing. This, it would be sort of a beautiful sound if you were in any other any other situation. Her voice is like silver chimes, and she just sort of dances away impossibly fast uh, out of your reach, and uh, just sort of fades back into the room, holds up her hands, dripping with Valia's blood, and laughs. She whispers a prayer to Morena, and you see a shimmer around her in the air that sort of bubbles out and then vanishes. Okay, uh, the next thing that happens is that uh, the individual with the cane shakes his head with this kind of like stunned look on his face, turns on his heel and goes straight through a side door, one of the servants' entrances that was right next to you. As he leaves, the door swings closed and clicks. Then there's a thunderclap. Four of them. And four beings appear in the air. 
kind of creating a, a, a square, a four-corner perimeter around the massive, terrifying form of the pit fiend. There are four women, beautiful, angelic, or Valkyrie-looking women, wearing black lacquered plate armor with horned helmets, and they have bows slung on their backs and massive wings that are bearing them aloft. And they look beautiful and angelic until you look just a little bit closer, and there's just... There's a hard edge to them that makes your skin crawl, and there is nothing angelic about these. As they each reach down to their belts and pull out these coils of rope that begin to glow red, and they all smile wickedly, not at you, but down at the pit fiend, and they all lash their their ropes out towards him. One wraps their rope around his neck, two of them around each wrist, and the last one around its waist, and they all begin to pull and kind of drag it off balance. And that red glow sparks and throws these little bursts of energy where it contacts the pit fiend, who howls in pain as these things begin to burn into it. And they pull his arms wide, and he looks up in rage and disbelief, and they just sort of blow him a kiss. So, uh... Glass and anyone who wants to can make an intelligence arcana check to see what the hell's going on here. Oh, yes. I would like to. Uh, 21. What is with my rolls? Uh... 21 is the only one that's good enough, and that's sort of appropriate because you recognize these women, Cloak. These are Erinese devils. Mm hmm. And uh, all four of them seem to have appeared and turned their might against this pit fiend. You're not sure that even the four of them will be able to hold it at bay, but something strange is going on with those uh, those cords of theirs. Can can I see if someone summoned them? You did not see anything of the sort. Okay. They just sort of appeared. That's very strange. Uh, and you can see that their armor is heavily decorated with gold. It's almost gaudy in its ostentatiousness. Uh, and so the pit fiend howls in agony and tries desperately to struggle against these bonds, but seems incapable of breaking free. Uh, so the guards look at each other, look at, uh, at Anastasia and begin rushing up to her aid. Four of them grab her and pull her back and just sort of, uh, center themselves, center her within them and then drop their halberds toward anyone that's nearby in uh, forming a defensive perimeter. You can hear the sounds of more people coming. Riodan, your turn. <sighs> okay. I look at Glaz and Cloak and Tilly and with red burning eyes as blood uh, bubbling up from like from, from the recesses of his eyes he says don't fucking miss and it's a bless spell um, oh. as I finally right. managed to get above off I was really worried right now. so right. you have you. Um, yeah a d4 to attack roll or saving throw you've also got a buff for saving throws being close to me now but uh, that should 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 help and I'm moving towards Cassinia as okay. I like about the tentacle. Uh, so she was pretty quick. She zipped, you know, uh, you're fast enough to 
you probably get up to her. You were kind of right up near her at the time uh, when all this sort of went down. So you run forward, and as you get to within about 10 feet of her, you smack full, full run, basically into a solid barrier. Oof. And it throws you back. Your boots scrape on the on the floor, and you can see that a black, dark energy sort of ripples and crackles around her in a vague globe. Hmm. So that's I, not your move. I but. shout something like, hit me! <laughs> okay. All right. So that's your turn? Uh, that's all I can do. Yep. Okay. Got off uh, glad. Glad it's your turn. Oh, man. So I see this shield... Oh, well, I know what I've got to do. Because Glass was drunk and not getting here. I cast Maze Armor on myself. <laughs> there you go. There's uh, another shimmer of bluish energy that wraps around Glass and then vanishes. Uh, do you want to move or do anything else? Um, you know what? As a bonus action, I'm going to go... Oh, no, I can't. That's another spell. Um, yep. Uh... Yeah, he goes and tries to find at least. Uh, uh, there's, uh, I mean, you were saying there's these uh, big couches in here, um, sort of like a fainting couch. He flips one on the side to try to get some cover, uh, so that he can uh, sort of have a couch between himself and uh, Cassinia and this pit fiend and these other devils. Um, where is uh, Valiant's body? Is it just on the floor there, or did he disintegrate? Oh, it didn't disintegrate, no. It has collapsed back against the couch and kind of slumped to the floor. Uh, and you can see Rowan reaching out towards her. Um, I, 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 can, I can't hold my movement. So, uh, well, in that case, can I move the couch to be... Can I flip the couch so that they are, there are have some protection? multiple couches. Yeah, there are multiple yeah. couches. If can you I want to pick so one... That, yep. yeah, myself... Basically, position, throw a couch in place so that myself, Thalia, and Rowan have at least a little bit of line of sight cover from yep. Pit Fiend and Cassini, because I, I kind of think they're on the far side of the room, right? The Pit Fiend is kind of uncomfortably close and looming over you, yeah. but it will give you some cover against it, and its attention seems to be pulled wholly toward those Erinites at, this, uh, at okay. this point in time. All right, so you yeah, flip the couch over. Yep, no problem. Rowan, your turn. So you uh, you have made it over to Valia, and you can see her body kind of shudder and a few faint bubbles of breathy but blood. She's, kind of. she's still alive. It looks like there's perhaps a shred of life left in her. Okay. Uh, please. Rowan, yes. please. I'm just going to clutch at her holy symbol and is going to pump in if I can find my spells I'm going to do a healing word and I'll do that at okay. second level you can touch, right. you can do a cure wounds for more unless you uh, try to do it because of the I mean the amount of healing isn't necessarily an issue here so oh, uh, right. okay. okay yeah so you just you, you speak one word uh, in praise to Wotan and you feel the radiant energy pass through that word into her body, and you see her throat close slowly and painstakingly over, and she takes one actual full gasp of air, coughs out a bunch of just, like, flecks of blood, and then just kind of collapses into unconsciousness. But she does seem to be breathing. 
going to clutch her to her chest and breathe out a sigh of relief and say, Glaz, we need to get her out of here. You still have an action, uh, since healing words a bonus action, if you would like to do something. Cast a cantrip or something along those lines. Yeah, I might cast a cantrip. I'm very scared. Okay. Where is Cassini? Where is everyone situated in this mess? So you, Glaz, and Valya are right next to each other, next to an overturned couch. Um, Cloak is kind of across the room on the other side of the pit fiend going, oh, fuck. Uh, there is, uh, <laughs> uh, Thrick has now collapsed in unconsciousness, uh, over by Cloak. Tilly and Paula are back maybe 10 feet back from you, where you were. Uh, and then Cosinia is 30, 35-ish feet away, down into the ballroom. Kind of on the other side of the pit fiend at this point, which is also where Ryoden is. Okay. 30-ish feet. She just looks up with fury in her one remaining eye and just points at Cassinia with her gnarled clawed hand and casts uh, a sacred flame. Okay, I believe that is a dexterity saving throw that I must make. Yep. Alright, what's your DC? My DC is 14. Alright, so she just sort of uh glides to the side and pirouettes just slightly and the, the the radiance appears in the air and lances past her and she raises one finger at you and just uh, Tilly your turn okay Tilly I'm sure as to who, who these people are or this demon and just whoa, how do you know these people wow this is how fun uh, she's got her a uh, hammer drawn and her shield drawn, but uh, Paul is still standing in front of her, correct? Am I sure? Mm-hmm. Yep. Tilly is going to essentially, <clears throat> if I can, if you'll let me do this, uh, wrap her arm around Pola with her shield without moving so that her shield wall will begin to take effect by being there with Paula in front of her behind her shield to stand. Okay. Because knowing that tall, uh, I mean, uh, um, Glass and them are behind her, she's going to be the front line for this if she can, but she doesn't want to move because, you know, Paul, Paul is okay. protecting her with the fire shield and stuff like that, too. So. Got it. Uh, any action you would like to take? Do- dodge. Dodge? All right. Okay. Uh, Tilly Cloak. Muted. Um, so. Uh... I want to, uh, first off, uh, cast, uh, protection from good and evil on myself, uh, particularly protection from evil. Um, sure. so like you see like the, the runes like go up all over cloak. Uh, he would look at puff puff and be like, protect Lazarus girl. And then, uh, then look up at Dianari saying infernal. He's like, what's going on? Like, why are you here? You're saying that to the Aranese? Yeah. The Aranese. Oh, okay, they um, they sort of uh, one of the one nearest you quirks an eyebrow in surprise uh, when she hears her native tongue, and she looks down at you, and sort of recognition dawns on her, and she laughs this cruel steel edge sounding laugh, and says, 
fancy seeing you here, gnome. She kind of in the slithering, grating tones of Infernal. And she says, we have been paid to do a job and we'll do it. Interesting. Okay. Um, who paid you? And then uh, at that same time, Cloak <laughs> is going to get 15 feet away from uh, the vampire girl. I can't remember her name right now for the life of me. Cosinia? Um, Cosinia, yeah. Cosinia Hall. Um, and <laughs> uh, and get 15 feet away from her uh, in position. He's going to try something. It's going to be crazy, but I can't do it till next turn. All right. Uh, so during this time, Cosinia, at the end of your turn, she's going to spend a legendary action to move again. She uh, darts with uh, lightning speed away from Riodan to the uh, she's out of your... What's your reach with the whip? Uh, reach with the whip... Is... God damn, I don't I know. Think it's, <laughs> it's just five feet, yeah, and then you can, you can like, command can it to attack with the yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, she's out of range of the Scourge, unfortunately. Uh, right, so she darts with this lightning blurring motion. <laughs> across the dance floor, sort of past where Cloak was, and toward the stairs, laughing as she goes. Um, Paula. Paula is going to look nervously toward the door and then toward Tilly, and she says, I can hear more coming. And she sort of sets her feet and draws her weapon, and it looks like she's getting ready to meet the charge of anybody who comes into the room. Top of the order. <laughs> What's that? Oh. <laughs> uh, all right. So the top of the order is going to be Kusinia. If Paula dies, then we riot. Yeah. I need enough. Jewel of the Fates playing right now. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, <laughs> so, Kusinia. You can do it a cappella, it's fine. We'll add it in post. <laughs> Alright, what is your armor class there, Master Riodan? 18. 18. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, so she she uh, kind of takes her, her fingernail, slices across her palm, and you can see a little thread-like tendril of blood whip up around her finger, swirl, and as she begins to chant, and you can hear her intoning a prayer to Morena, launches this twisting ribbon of blood towards you. Ooh, that's gonna hit. Uh, so she is going to deal some... See, she knows you're a dompier, so... So you're going to take 15 points of radiant damage. As the blood lances towards you, it begins to sear and burn into this cold white light. <laughs> and that light begins to crawl over your body and illuminate you like cold fire. All right. Uh, I'll be. The Aramis devils uh, just sort of smirks. She, uh, she smirks at Cloak when he asks who, uh, who hired her. 
and uh, turns her attention back to the pit fiend, and all four of them begin to act in unison. They start wrapping the, the cords around their elbows, shortening the length and lifting the pit fiend up off the ground. Their wings begin to beat powerfully with these gale-like downdrafts, not only keeping them aloft, but also dragging this massive creature up off the floor. It, uh, it howls and struggles again, and uh, you can see a flash of that red spark. Light begins to backlash from the coils around it and sparks back up the cords toward the, uh, the women, and they hiss in pain as you can see them burning into their armor and starting to melt the edges of the gold on their plates. Uh... The guards. So the guards grab Anastasia and sort of basically uh, form a defensive ring around her and start moving her back away from whatever the hell is going on in this room. And uh, and she is looking in uh, stark confusion up at Cosinia and then at the rest of you. And and she she shakes her her uh, she shakes her head and you can see this sort of glaze clear from her eyes, Riodan, that you've seen a lot. You know uh, you know what vampires, full blooded vampires, are capable of when they're uh, given time alone with people. And she looks in horror at what's happening around her as this realization dawns full force. And she just whispers, "I'm so sorry," and reaches for her rapier. From the front of the room. The, uh, the, the doors were already standing open. You can see more individuals coming in. They're dressed in the livery of the house guard, but you can see their skin is far too waxy and pale, and they're moving with this almost spider-like grace, and two of them come in around the door frame, scuttling along the wall as these figures race across the room towards you. One of them in the front you can see is actually a dwarf, and Tilly, your heart sinks as you recognize him. He's the one that the vampire spawn tried to bite way back when he was trying to force you to kill him. And he is grinning and he draws a blade and the, 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 the blade of the sword has this reddish sheen to it. And he runs straight up towards you. Strikes at you with the sword. Uh, that's not going to do it. Second attack. Did he have to run past me at all? Uh, you're kind of off to the side. Okay. Don't worry, there's somebody coming for you. <laughs> oh, uh, good. <laughs> so you are hit by the blade. You take um, eight points of slashing damage and six points of necrotic damage as the, the blade bites into you. And you can see the wound. Your blood begins to flow out and kind of drip like mist and flow over toward the sword. <sighs> All right, so there is a vampire spawn coming for you, Cloak. Oh, fuck it. You are, you are critically hit, but I... Yes. You have... You have actually, they water. have to... Wait, 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 wait. They have to roll that at disadvantage because I have protection from evil on. Right, 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 right. So here's the other roll. If he rolls uh, another 20, fuck you, Dan. <laughs> I did not roll another 20. Did not roll... What's your armor class? 19? Is that right? Uh, 17. 17. All right. Uh, however, that is still... Mm, that's going to hit you. So he is okay. going to grapple you instead of dealing claw damage. So he grabs a hold of you. And you can see his fangs sort of inching towards your neck. Uh, the that's rest cool. basically have to dash to try and get across the room toward uh, you folks. Riodan, one dashes up to you. 
Uh, and let's see. One, two, three. And one dashes up to you, Glaz. But that is their actions. Uh, Riordan, your turn. Okay, I think I've figured something out. So I have Hunter's Mark. Uh, until the spell ends, you deal an extra 1d6 damage to the target whenever you hit it with a weapon attack. Okay, yep. and my Sanguine Lash reads, each tentacle makes a melee attack roll of a plus 9 bonus. That combos? Um, it says makes a melee attack. Let me look up the, the thinger real quick. Uh, my understanding is that it probably does, but I also get that might be I, kind of... Let, let me check the actual write-up for the magic item. A melee attack roll. So so it does it say weapon attack, or does it just say attack? Uh, it says whenever you hit it with a weapon attack. Um, it's mark. I'm going to call this a weapon attack, because it's a physical thing that's lashing out at them. It's not a spell. We'll call it a weapon attack. Yeah, okay, okay. Uh, All right, so when you're doing that, you have the reach of 15 feet, which will, in fact, get you past her uh, her, um, her barrier. So you run up to her, and you can feel the prickling pressure of it pressing against you. Um, yeah, and I will cast Hunter's Mark on her. Uh, oh, one thing to keep in mind, a, a vampire spawn did run up to you, so you're going to run away from him. He it. We'll dashed up to me. Oh, he provoke an opportunity attack. When you oh, move do you away still from have that? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, fuck it. AC-18. Right. So he'll try to hit you, which he does not do. His claws, his claws scrape off of your armor and slash through your sweet new cloak robe. <laughs> and you run up to, run up to Kusin. It's in fashion. Um, yep, I cast Hunter's Mark on her, and I'm okay. going to send my tentacles towards her. So you see, uh, she kind of hisses in pain as you see a, uh, not a brand, but like a cut mark, the mark of the betrayer appear on her forehead. <laughs> and she, ah! Heretic. 17. Uh, 26. 26 26 26 right, so hits. He- so each of these should do an extra free, uh, extra d6 of damage. Uh, yep, she has true. to make a DC 15 con saving throw. Right. And I'll roll those all together. Okay, so 11 uh, piercing and 8 hunter's mark damage. Which, I guess which is also piercing. It's the same type of damage. Okay. That yeah. Sweet. So yep. uh, 19 total, is that right? 19 total, and she's, uh, she passes the save. She passes the save, yep. All right, so she uh, kind of hisses in pain as the lashes, the lashes bite into her skin. All right. Uh, this is for Kane. Glaz, <laughs> uh, your turn. Um, this thing just ran up in front of Glaz, uh, so he is going to cast um, Shadow Blade at second level. Uh, in order, and so the black blade of energy springs into his hand and make himself a melee weapon attack against uh, this critter. Uh, so just quick side note, she had to make a concentration saving throw uh, to maintain her anti-life shell, which she did. Okay, so uh, so you are making strike against vampire. Vampire swan in front of me. Hopefully I will hit with a 23. 
You do indeed hit with a 23. Uh, which Shadow Blade does. Uh, yep, two d eight psychic damage. Two d eight, nice. Two d eight, yep. So let's do the two d eight. Nice, fifteen points of psychic damage. Ooh, ouch! Got the All seven right, in the, the, uh, the blade drives into him, and it doesn't even damage his body or his skin. It just sort of passes through him, and you can see him reel back and clutch at his head as the uh, the chill terror of the shadow fell rips through his mind. Sorry, the shadow realm. The shadow realm. Um, which is not intellectual property. Uh, how much damage was that, sorry? Uh, 15 points of psychic damage. 15. Got it, right. Ouch. All right, so uh, that's you. Yeah, yeah, that's action and bonus, and um, he is just going to uh, you know, basically guard over top of Malia there behind the couch with Rowan. Okay. All right, Rowan, your turn. You can see a vampire okay. spawn is charged up onto Glass, not five feet away from you. Okay. Clutching her holy symbol again, she's looking up at the ceiling. Wotan, as your servant, I ask of you, please give us protection. Send one of your own to protect us. And uh, cries out as she, she, she cries out as she summons a guardian of faith. Ooh, all right, cool. All right, so uh, a faintly luminous but kind of translucent figure of a woman with a, uh, a raven-winged helm uh, appears just sort of head and shoulders nearby, and she's holding a spear, and she looks around and reverses it and just gets ready to drive it toward... Uh, Toward things nearby. So, uh, how does that work? When does it attack? Uh, any creature hostile to you that moves to a space within ten feet of it for the first time must succeed okay. a dex save throw, or um, takes twenty radiant damage. On a failed save, take half as much, and it will vanish with his delta total of sixty damage. Got it. So it only attacks when something moves into a space nearby it. Yeah. Got it. All right. And who's been hurt? Mm, Rio Dan at this I've point. I've taken 15 points of damage. I've, I've been emotionally hurt by Dan. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's going to... She's going to pass Valia over to Glaz. Protect her. And is going to uh, duck out from behind cover and brush over towards Riodan. Okay, so Riodan at this point is now up the stairs toward the toward the balcony with uh, with Cosinia. I'm so going to start uh, making my way there. So, yep, so basically you can move kind of across the ballroom toward the foot of the stairs, but can't make it up the stairs yet. Uh, yep. That was Rowan. So Tilly, your turn. All right, Y'all completely got <laughs> She's gonna be swinging. Let's go. Let's. She's like, I'm just gonna eat but her. She's gonna take a full swing. So we have a plus D4 on that attack because of the bless, or is that? Uh, I believe you do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Plus D4. Fine. Feel better. Fine. That. Hashtag blessed. Great. I have host connection lost. That's what I rolled. Uh, I rolled a 17, uh, and I don't know what on the D4. Oh, three. There, there, there was 17. 
That's a total of a 29. Yes, yes, you will indeed go ahead and hit him. <laughs> Great. This, like, bloody fist, she's, like, gripping onto it, swinging it. Yo. That's perfect! So happy right now. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, uh, how did you do there? A seven in damage. Alright. Seven damage. Same swing again, right. and then go with... Second attack, get him. Oof, 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 oof. That's a 14, I don't know if that'll hit. Fourteen does not. He whips the blade around, deflects the stroke, and uh, and sort of hisses at you and says, "Nice to see you again, Captain." <laughs> she will re- retort with, "I'm not your captain anymore." And she, with the backhand of her shield, she'll like try to hit him upside the face. Hit him. She will. Nope. All right. All right. Uh, so that was Tilly Cloak. You're up. Uh, so as this guy, this guy's gripped me. Uh huh. Right. Um, you are so grappled. I'm, gra- I'm grappled. Uh, so but I'm oh, going to let me, remember. Let me, let, me, let me pause you right here. Do you want to okay. get away from him? Do you want to get out of his grapple? I, I'm going to. Uh, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm thinking about Rowan uh, and her ghost-like figure, and I'm like, uh, Oh no, guys, she's got me! And I fade <laughs> out of existence. <laughs> And I basically, I all of a sudden it's like, because uh, I just ethereal jaunted, because uh, yep. it's a new ability I got as a Horizon Walker. Uh, so basically, so, yeah, he turns misty and gray and then fades away. Uh, and then basically, I'm like, uh, everything's like, whoo, like Lord of the Rings. Like I'm just, yep. and I'm just walking casually behind him, and then just appear and go, Pah! and just stab him in the back. Uh, all right. Uh, so hold on a second. So you cast, you use your ethereal jaunt. You step into the uh, into the border ethereal plane, and uh, yeah. everything becomes gray and smears of charcoal and monochrome and wavery and indistinct. And you can see everything within about sixty feet of you that's still on the material plane, but it's all hazy and and kind of uh, ghost like, except for a creature that you can now see over sort of back toward the 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 back gates of the garden that are standing open. It looks like. A creature, uh, it's insectoid. It has chitinous uh, exoskeleton armor, except it seems to be covered in a rime of frost. And it's holding a wicked-looking spear with a jagged barbed point that seems to be formed out of some sort of ice. And it's just pouring mist off of it. But the haft of the spear is chased and uh, inlaid and filigreed with this sumptuous gold in these swirling sort of wave-like motifs and it tilts its head with the cracking snap of the ice and the hoarfrost around its armor plates and it looks at you and it tilts its head back the other way and just kind of nods once oh and then i fade out of existence for him <laughs> yeah because you i you said hey and infernal to, yep, yeah turn back to solid yep yeah, uh, and th- at that point, like when I fade back in, I'm uh, I have kind of a weird look on my face. If anyone's looking at me, I'm like, and then I just with my flaming sword just jab it into his back. No planar warrior because I'd use my bonus action. Uh, sure. So uh, let's uh, let's see if I even hit. I got to add a d4. To- oh no, I critted. Woo! So funny. let me roll this twice. Um, oh, it already did. Twenty-four damage. Uh, 
All right. So the uh, the vampire spawn howls in agony as the flaming blade bites into his ribs when you appear from the the ethereal mist behind him. Uh, Twenty four. Yowza! I got you. <laughs> Uh, so he kind of clutches at his back and just start like wild swings behind you. That's a ruin. It was cloak, rather. Paula, Paula. Oh, Paula. All right. So she is going to growl under her breath as she sees Tilly's blood flowing out of her arm as a mist and being drained into this blade. She's going to. Strike out with her Warhammer. Uh, that'll hit. And there's a flash of this almost yellowish-orange forge light as her Warhammer strikes the creature, and it howls in agony as the radiant damage bites into the creature's flesh. Also, Dan, real quick, what is Puff Puff doing this round? Puff Puff, this round, looks a little surprised when you sort of blip out like that. Uh, and she... I mean, she's going to try to hamstring the vampire. What do you say? Yeah, I mean, anyone over by Glaz or that area, she'd be going after uh, trying to protect them. Oh, she'd be trying to protect them, not help you? Yeah, well, no, because I said go protect Rowan and uh, Glass oh, and okay. Sylvan before I, you I did the Aenerys. Yeah. Got it. I missed that. All right, so she vanishes in a, uh, a shower of little golden flickering motes and reappears right behind the... Uh, the vampire spawn that Glaz is raking with his shadow blade and uh, snaps forward to try and tear out his hamstring. Uh, unfortunately, he hears her coming and just sort of nimbly dances his leg out of the way and gives her a backhand swipe across the snout. Yep. Uh, Paula, smack that guy. Cosinia. All right. Cosinia. Come on. Think- had it with this. So at the end of Paula's turn, uh, Cosinia is going to snarl, let her um, her uh, barrier drop as she presses it against you, Riodan, and lashes out at you. What is your armor class there? 18. Don't make this easy for me. Oof. Uh, that, however, will hit. Uh, so she is going to do... <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Thanks, Dan. <laughs> Plus ten, what face? Holy mackerel. So she, shrieking uh, out Morena's name, reaches forward, claws across your face, and you can feel the necrotic energy flow into the wound and begin to rot away. At your uh, at your face. However, you are resistant to necrotic damage, being as you are a dampier, are you not? I am. So you take a mere seventeen points of necrotic damage instead of thirty-four. Yikes! <laughs> All right, I'll take it. All right. I smile as like the blood comes away, from tearing the uh, hole in my face. So that's a that's legendary. That's Now it's her actual turn, and she will strike at oh, you with her uh, with her action. No, she won't. She'll miss. So that'll be one. <laughs> She'd have to roll, like, I don't know, under a seven, it seems. Oh, you gotta be kidding me. All right. <laughs> so that one on the All right. So. Uh, Holy she, multi, it's like. 
So she hits you for a total of 10, because that 2d6 necrotic damage is once again halved. So you take uh, 10 points of various damage, and she grabs a hold of you, and she tries to bite you, but you manage to get your armored vambrace up between uh, your your throat and face and her fangs and push her away. I so, thought horse don't kiss. Oh, damn. <laughs> uh, so the guards, which unfortunately means the vampire spawn. Nine HP team. Nine HP. <laughs> you're at you're at nine. Yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah, just fucking forty-two damage all, in two turns. There's a reason I'm running after you. That is rough. That is rough. All right. Um. So we got one on Glass. Uh, it's gonna miss. Or, whoop, thirty-four. Don't know what that means. Uh, what's your armor class, Glass? Just uh, double checking. 15 with the uh, mage armor. Uh, and that one's going to hit. So he's oh, yeah. uh, he's actually going to grapple you instead of deal damage with that second second strike. So you're grappled. Uh, on Cloak, we have some attacks on you, sir. Okay, all at disadvantage. At disadvantage because... Yeah. Protection from evil. Oh, right, 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 right. So 14 and a 5. So that'll miss. Let me actually click the disadvantage on this one. Oh, no, 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 no. 2 and a 4. No good. So it tries to strike at you, but there are these strange, like, flares of energy that keep spoiling and dazzling its eyes as it reaches out, and you just kind of, like, step to the sides and... (laughs) That's very much what Cloak would be doing. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> All right, so we got the guy with the uh, the vampiric blade on Tilly. Uh, he is going to strike at you. Oof, your armor class is eighteen. No, your armor class is twenty. It's twenty-two. Yeah, tw- twenty-two. There you go. Yeah. So no, no, nothing there. Uh, second one. Ten. No, no, no good. So he uh, clangs twice off your shield harmlessly. However, as the blade passes near you it continues to draw blood out of the wound with each strike. So you take 2d6 further necrotic damage from blood loss. So you take 8 points of necrotic damage. Okay. Alright. So that was... So this one is over on Rowan. It's going to have to strike at you, Rowan. Striking once with a 4. No good. Striking second time with a 12. That's going to hit you. Nope. Well, not a 12. No, 12 on the die. Oh. Uh, so it hits a 17. So uh, it hit a uh, it hit an 18. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. So he uh, grapples you. Oh, shit. All right. Uh, where are we at here? Riodan, your turn, sir. Okay, how far away is Rowan from me? She's like 20-ish feet down the stairs, yeah. Uh, I'm on 9 HP. I don't want to go down. What? Um, when? Uh, I guess it's a bit as fast, which is going. So I oh, think uh, I will... do, do me a favor real quick. Make me a constitution yeah. saving throw to see if you maintain concentration on your uh, yeah, honors mark. Just the DC of 10. Hey, yeah. there you go. Yeah, no problem. So now continue, please. Okay, I will ask. Do I attack or do I heal myself? What would the rear end do? 
<laughs> well, you know she's probably about to smack you again, so getting healed would probably be a good call. I will heal myself for 35. Oh, there you go. Uh, actually, I'll heal myself. For... Actually, is there any point in not doing this? 34. Save, 34. Just save one just in case. Yeah. 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 We had that before. Thank you yeah. for reminding me. You told us to always <laughs> remind you now. <laughs> yeah, it's the paladin we thing. Have, have always save Is there one. really reason not to do I also, that? I also have to remind you, Divine Smite her when you can. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. Uh, 42 minus 34 is max. Cool. Eight. Uh, you know what? That's not a spell. That is not a spell. So if you have a bonus action, I'm gonna you can, uh... try and avoid the legendary action. I know she can move pretty damn fast and mm -hmm. kill me that way. So I'm gonna misty step. Ooh, nice! And I misty step 25 feet back towards Rowan to, so to down, try and help down her out the there. Right, down, cool. ooh, yeah, down the stairs. I don't want to get totally caught out. Um, Hoping to avoid a legendary action slap in the face, so hopefully Absolutely. she has to at least move to attack me. Yeah. All right. So there's this uh, this burst of wispy crimson mist, like vaporized blood, around Riordan, and a second puff of it near Rowan, <laughs> and he appears next to the next to the Ravenfolk side. All right. Uh, so she is in fact going to use a legendary action to snarl and <laughs> vampire blip down the stairs. So now she's down next to Rowan. Come and you kind of right down uh, there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, why didn't why did you do it right then? Uh, um No, hey, I, I was gonna I was gonna cast I had a I had a plan and she screwed it up. Okay. Plan um, I, uh, damn it. Um Well I'm grappled. Um, I've got Vela here. He would protect Vela, so he wants to do something to this person. I'm gonna attack. I can still attack with my Shadow Blade, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's he's uh, grapple just means I can't move. So yeah, I'm gonna uh, yeah. Um, attack with my Shadow Blade. Are you green flame blading or just going normal? Uh, I was just going to uh, actually. Yeah, at this point, I can green flame, can I? So I would bring. Yes, I would like to green flame. Green flame, okay. shadow blade, but I think I missed on a fourteen. I think. Oh wait, no, wait, I wait! I got a D four. I got a D four. I'm blessed. Yep. Hashtag go. blessed. Seventeen. <laughs> it's sweet. So two D eight psychic. Uh, that's only four psychic damage, but then I got a D eight of green flame blade. Yeah. Seven of Ooh, fire. Nice. Total eleven. Does the fire seem right. to do anything special oh, yeah. to these? Um, no, it, it doesn't seem to do anything special other than full damage. So, gotcha. <laughs> uh, yeah, although it does, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Although it does look like he is healing somewhat. Gotcha. Um, oh, and actually, um, is there another one of these guys within five feet of us? Uh, yeah, because Tilly and Paula are right there, kind of mixing it up. So yeah, you can jump the flame over to the other spawn. Yep. So I will jump the flame. I will jump the flame, which is two d eight against the jump. If I were reading this right, yeah, increases one d eight. Yes, the jump gets two d eight. Nice. So what do we got? Uh, yeah, two d eight. Sorry. 
Do it, do it. Sorry, sorry. sorry. Uh, nine. nine. Jump. Ouch. All right. So flames jump over to the one, who, the uh, the the former dwarf reaver who is carving up Tilly or trying to. Uh, he, he howls in pain as the flame, the 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 emerald fire leaps over to him from his burning buddy. All right, all kinds of magic going on up in this bitch. Uh, that was Glass Rowan. Okay, uh, Dan, I totally lied. I'm sorry. What? I, I, I sorry. just don't want to. I don't want to cheat. Uh, that okay. should be he only takes he only takes five damage. It was okay. uh, it's it's one d eight plus my uh, plus my spellcasting modifier. Got it. So right, I'm being it. grappled by a vampire. Cassinia yep. and Riordan are currently next to me. Mm-hmm. Do I still have my arms free? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Good. Just ignoring the vampire on me at the moment. Um, going to do a third level healing word on Riordan. Cool. Uh, so don't sorry. worry about that. Don't do it. Don't I'm worry about it. Uh, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've got yeah, eight. Yeah, I, yeah. I've taken eight wounds or eight health. Yeah. Eight yeah. There you go. Yeah. You can see that he's at this point. He's mostly just kind of scratched on the face. Uh, as he reappeared from the mist, you could see he was uh, laying a hand on himself, and the radiant energy just flowed through his wounds. Okay. Uh, in that case, I'm gonna cast Spirit Guardians instead. Oh Wait. shit! <laughs> because guardian of faith is not concentration, so I can cast this. So Sweet. she's going to screech, and it's—you've never heard her sound so ungodly. All right, and uh, what it, do your spirit guardians look like? Um, so they appear, and they're um, fae or angelic. I'm, I'm just going to imagine they look like Valkyries. I was going to say, they're probably either Valkyries yeah. or just a storm of uh, spiritual ravens. Yeah. yeah. So Valkyries? That's good. That's, yeah. yeah. And okay. they just so, uh, appear around her. And she's um, sure designating Riordan to not be affected. Well, I assume you want to like make sure you don't hit basically anybody but the vampires, right? Or maybe the, yeah. the pit fiend. <laughs> okay. Because yeah. there's a lot of like sleeping people all over the place, too, that these guys will shred. Yeah. Uh, if they're allowed to do their thing. Okay, so she shrieks out uh, Wotan's name, and he hears and sends his warriors to her side. These luminous, angelic Valkyries begin swirling around her to a distance of 15 feet, striking out with their spears, grabbing at the armor and clothes of her foes, throwing them off balance and dragging them away. Uh, So they're dealing with difficult terrain, and they have to make saves at the beginning of their turn, and get whammy by radiant damage, which is real, real bad for vampires. So, Rowan, uh, right, Cosinia is going to take a legendary action to claw Rowan once. So, uh, you take 12 points of uh, slashing damage from her claw. Is that any particular type of damage, or? Slashing. Okay, just slashing. Yep. All right. Uh, Roman Tilly, your turn. All right. Tilly is just going to keep swinging at this guy and take him down before she can push over to help anybody else. Um, Get him. Especially since he's extra polar, so. Oh! 
I swing. Ooh. Catch him right under the jaw with your hammer. Damn, but Captain, one more time. Feels it. And then. 13 now. And then that second swing. I don't think it's going to hit, no. And then grunts forward and hit. Wait, wait, did you, did you make D8. an attack roll? Oh, yeah, you got to roll oh, a, Yeah, you got to roll a d20. <laughs> For my, no, my copy passes fail because I don't have my character. Yeah, there you Oh, that oh yeah, see? see, you catch him under the jaw, then you just bring it right down on his shoulder. <laughs> you can use, you want to use the damage before that, or do you want to roll damage? Uh, I don't care. If you want to use that one, that's fine. Up to you. That one, that one, I don't want to. Yep, sure. Yeah, we'll take the 11. And then grunting through her third swing, or her second swing, she's going to hit him with her shield. Ash with the shield, yep. Probably between her two foot hearts, disgrace. If he's a vampire, just pronounce uh, six, 16 <laughs> hits him. Give me, give me some shield damage. Get him go. Seven. Ooh. Damn. All right. So uh, he that so you catch him with the two strong hammer blows and then bash the shield rim into his <laughs> cheekbone and his nose. You hear his nose and his cheekbone crack, and there's like a dent carved and pushed into his face. And uh, you can see thick black dead blood sort of oozing out of it and rolling down his cheek and his neck. <sighs> All right, uh, cloak. Uh, so how many are around me? Just the one, or just the one? Just the one. Okay, uh, I'm gonna attack him using planar warrior. Uh, All right. And, uh, so, uh, so you reach out, and the flames swirling around your sword, you like point it towards the pit fiend, and it lurches, and a burst of unholy fire bleeds into your sword and the that fire takes on sort of a dark blackish red color as you draw the essence of the 11 hells into your strike. Oh, yay. Ha. A 19 hit? Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, shit. Hold on. Uh, I didn't... Why is it trying to add a d4 to the damage? Don't question it. Just go with it. I don't... No. no I don't want that on there. Hold on. What are you doing? Okay. Let's see. Let's see if that did not get rid of it. I don't know what's going on. Minus a D4 from this. Uh, so it'd be 21 damage. Y2D8. Oh, force. Yeah, the, 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 the planar warrior. Got yeah. it. Planar warrior and then the fire damage. 21 damage. 21 damage. Ouch. Uh, then my second attack. Uh, yep. Let's do it. Uh, 24? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that hits. Uh, and that's going to be another 15 damage. <laughs> Clark became a badass very quickly. <laughs> All right. So, uh, those two strikes, the first one tearing through the essence of his, his physical self, just sort of ripping him down to... Uh, almost down to nothing, almost disintegrating his body, and the second slice searing into his undead flesh. All right. Uh, that was Cloak. Is, he's, is he still up? He's still up, but he is not looking good. Okay. Right. Uh, Puff Puff is over by Glaz. So Puff Puff is going to... You're grappled and not happy about it, right, Glaz? I'm grappled and not happy about this at all. All right. Puff Puff reaches over, like kind of, you think for a second, bites at you, but she grabs you by the hem of your robe 
winks, and then Glaz and Puffpuff both vanish in a, a spray of golden sparkles, and you appear 30 feet away. I, she can do that now? She can, thanks to someone's donation. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank I you. did not know Thank that was an ability she had. Awesome. Nope. Paula. Uh, Paula is going to continue hammering on this vampire spawn and try to kill it before it regenerates because her weapon is dealing radiant damage currently. Uh, and she'll go ahead and nail him. So, six, seven, yeah, Paula. Tilly's cheering around. All right, so she catches him across the across the side of the face, and her warhammer sears a brand into it. And you can see his wounds are trying to heal, but every time she hammers into him again with that spray of forged sparks, it rips the wounds open anew. Uh, so she is disrupting his regeneration. Uh, all right, so Cosinia is going to make a claw attack against Riodan as a legendary action. Gonna miss. Oh, no good. You uh, you uh, you sort of lash the uh, the sanguine latch over and just sort of whip her hand away. Uh, but that is going to be Corsinia's actual turn. Uh, Not good enough. It's going to try and get you again, Riordan. Uh, what was your armor class? 18? 18, yeah. I believe, yeah. I believe she's got you. So she's going to kind of grapple you with her strike, and for a second one, she's going to try to bite you. Oh, Critical freaking hit! Oh no! All right. Are you the new? Are you the new me? Will? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Feels like it. Um, as my reaction. Yeah. I'm going to use the bloodletting rune. Ooh! So you're going to take half this damage. Yeah, I'll take that half that damage. Oh. Oh. All right. Oh, that might not be a good idea. (laughs) I don't know what it's going to look like. Oh my god. No, no Dan. It has a bottom for me. How much did he roll? I, 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 I missed I missed I the bottom, apparently, but I just rolled three ones on 46. <laughs> yes. So you're each going to take uh one, two, three, four, five, six. Eight. You're each going to take eight. Uh okay. basically Oh wait, 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 hang on. Uh that's actually a little bit less, Jesus Christ. Uh, you're only going to take one necrotic damage, Riodan, because you're resistant. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> and then you take um, uh, three, three more piercing damage. And uh, your maximum hit points is reduced by one <laughs> because she drank some of your blood. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be kidding me! All right. Uh, so on the other on the other side of things, Rowan, you take uh, half of that damage, just sort of as typeless, unpreventable damage. But thankfully, she's not actually drinking your blood, so she's not dealing necrotic damage to you and lowering your maximum hit points. So you take eight points of damage. I rolled triple ones. Ah! <laughs> this is the time to roll. Triple. There is oh, a dice god. Thank you, um. <laughs> All right. Whew, you lucky bastard. All right. Uh, hey, I'm taking like 60 damage. Guards. <laughs> All right. Um, so several of the guards break off at, uh, at um, Anastasia's orders, and one of them uh, runs forward 
and basically uses his halberd to cross-check the vampire that was just um, that was just grabbing glass and knocks him like uh, basically a good five feet back, sends him staggering. As he does, the the guardian spirit lances over to him and drives its spear into his ribs. <laughs> So uh, he needs to make a reflex. Uh, sorry, what kind of saving throw, Rowan? Dexterity? Ah, he passes whatever it is. So uh, what was it? Uh, how much damage? Ten. Ten. Oh, wait. Um, spirit. Okay. Wait, it's, is it spirit, spirit guardians? Or guardians. Is it's it your, it's your guardian of faith. Your, your guardian, guardian of faith. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's dex. So, okay, he passed, so, so he, he takes ten. So he will take ten radiant damage. All right, he takes 10 radiant damage. The spear lances into his ribs and begins boiling away his flesh. Ugh, nasty. Uh, the other one is going to throw a halberd attack at the one fighting Tilly. Uh, that one, unfortunately, doesn't quite make it. He chops down with the halberd, catches him in the back, and the dwarf just kind of shrugs the blade out, and you see the, the wound just instantly. Um, another one... Breaks off. Anastasia herself comes running across the room and uh, drives her rapier at the vampire spawn that's backing Cosinia up, fighting uh, Riodan and Tilly. So that'll you be. Mean Riodan. Sorry, sorry, Riodan, Riodan and Rowan. Riodan and Rowan. Uh, that is going to be two hits. Uh, sorry, guys. A lot of step blocks. This, yeah, this is a bit insane. <laughs> All right, no, but she has a she has another attack with a dagger. So, uh, so nine plus eight. That's seventeen damage with her blade, and uh, yeah, the uh, the blade slices through the creature, which this one really hasn't been hurt yet. So it's good to get him on the board. Uh, right, and she'll try and draw a dagger out of her boot top and sticks it under his chin drives it up into his palate for another six points of damage. Get Whew. All right. So now those. That one will howl in anger and strike back at her with a one. She just sort of uh, locks its arm up with her rapier, and it looks like she's getting ready to go in for another strike with her dagger now that she has his one arm locked. He tries to slash her with the other claw, and she just leans back, almost like she's dancing, and the claws swipe in front of her face harmlessly. Uh, the one fighting cloak is going to try and get you. Uh, a five isn't going to do it. And nor is a six. <laughs> so you're just still just, uh, oh, yeah, you got disadvantage as well. So, yeah, he's totally screwed. So uh, he's getting more and more frustrated and snarling and spitting and uh, and just, like, flailing, windmilling his claws at you, trying to connect. And you're just, like, stepping backwards. <laughs> is this your first time? Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tilly. Uh, the one with the vampiric blade is striking at you. That isn't going to do it, but it will be good for diacritic damage. You'll take one point from blood lost. Second strike also misses, but sucks another one point of, point of blood out of you. <laughs> She's a big fan of spitting in faces. She spits right in his face. You don't yep. even oh my god! Holy crap! All right, so the one who just got stabbed by the uh, by the radiant guardian 
strikes at... No, you know what? He's not going to throw attacks. He's going to try to run the hell away. So as he runs away, he is moving into another one of its spaces. So he gets to make another save. Which he blows. So how much damage does he take on a fail? 20. Okay, then. Uh, the, the Valkyrie draws its spear back, grabs him with her free hand and drives the Radiant Spear right through the dead center of his back and out his chest. He just sort of stiffens as the blade of light cuts through his heart and just collapses into a crumbling pile of ash. So that guy is deed. Right hand, bless this mess. (laughs) All right, so that's them. Oh, uh, am I close enough to attack Cassinia? Still? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna spend these twenties and get some divine oh, smite sh- going. Shit. Um. All right. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna lash out twice uh, with the whip. So those are both. Uh, crit bits. So, yeah, don't even roll. Those are double crits. So, how? What are you spending for your smite? Um, I'm spending. Let's see what I've got. Uh, I'm gonna spend and two uh, spell slots. Yeah, two second level spell slots. Oh boy! All right, so that's that's what two d eight for smite, just in general, yep. right? So three d eight. Uh, Three for second level, an extra D8 because she is unfrickin' dead. So that's four D8 bonus damage on each strike. And then it's a crit. Then it crits. And then it's a crit, so that doubles to eight. Eight D8. <laughs> eight D8. In addition to the weapon damage. So you got 16 D8 and just smite. Jesus. Yeah. So I'm going to do this twice. So it's 2D6, 8 D8, 2D6 for Hunter's Mark, so I'll double that up. Uh, so, so I'm hearing, I'm hearing eight d six and sixteen d eight total. Is that right? And I thought I was doing a shit ton of damage. Fuck. Yes, eight d six, sixteen d eight total. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit, dude! <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> All right. All right. So why don't you make the attack for the third tendril? Or no, you're using your actual multi. Yeah, right? I'm using yeah. my. Yeah, yeah. 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 All right. So you actually another. Play... It's actually another three. It's ninety five. <laughs> another another three. Uh, well, no, it got the. Th- oh no 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 the three. The bonus two attacks. Double. Yeah, you're right. Just yeah, that. you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, two attacks. Right, right. It's two attacks. Two attacks. Yeah, right. yeah no, two attacks. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. It's ninety freaking five. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right. So you strike forward uh, with Morena's name on your lips. Uh, everyone else watching this battle, each of these two figures are both calling upon the power of Morena the Red, and she seems to be answering both of them. And they're just lashing with divine power back and forth. But Riodan reaches into himself and, and reaches out for this, this inner well of hatred that he can direct against this woman who seeks to thwart his goddess's true will. And each of those scourge lashes cleaves flesh and skin from bone and leaves it smoldering and blackened with these flares of red light so intense it leaves green streaks ghosting in your vision that slowly fade. 90 frickin' 5 damage. Woo! 
Till he screams. So, uh, uh, she's bloody. Is that radiant <laughs> damage? A lot of it was radiant oh, damage. A lot of it is radiant, yeah. All the D8, all the D8s were radiant damage. Yep. Fuck. And I say, I say to her as, uh, as, uh, as I do that, I say, I drank from Cain's blood. His blood flows through my veins. His vengeance is with me still. And, Ooh, nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, whew. Jesus. All right. <laughs> Uh, nope, nope, 49. 49. There it is. Got it. Whew. Uh, sorry, my brain's my brain's dying. Subtraction heart. We're good, though. We're on it. Uh, that was Riordan. She, holy shit. Uh, well, she's going to lash out at you. Um, you're still grappled, yeah? Yes. So she's going to try and bite you again as a legendary action. But oh. she will hit. Oh, <laughs> Sweet Verena, no. All right. So, okay. oh boy. So, and so you take half nine, of it will go to me. Hang on. Yeah, hang on. Yeah. Uh, oh, right, 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 right. Shit. This is getting weird again. <laughs> sorry, okay. Man. So, when Rowan. Is it not weird? Yeah, Rowan, you take nine. Uh, Riaden, you're going to take nine. And uh, of that, you're only going to take two necrotic, which also reduces your uh, yeah. your uh, maximum hit points by two. Sorry, so you take... Uh, I'm sorry, you don't take nine. You take um, yeah. four. Four, <laughs> yeah. You take four, two of which is necrotic. Jesus. I'm wow. enjoying it. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was Rita and Glaz. Your turn. Um, so Glaz currently is 30 feet away from... Oh. I'm sorry, we forgot something very important. On the vampire spawn's uh -oh. turn, it has to make a save against the uh, spirit guardians because it's about to get its ass torn to. Nope, That's fail. So give me. Cosinia well. does as well. Yeah, so give me 3d8 necrotic damage. Uh, Cosinia is going to go ahead and pass that. So and it takes concentration, yeah. by the way. Yep, got it. 3d8, uh, sorry, radiant damage, not necrotic. 13. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, so Riodan's guy takes 13. That's my guy as well? Uh, well, Riodan's guy is your guy. Oh, okay. I, I have him marked as Riodan because he was originally fighting Riodan. So many guys. I know, so many guys. I love it. So many guys taking so, so many. Much Call more dudes. Call more dudes. Call more dudes. Let's kill more mobs. Okay. Let's get XP. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, the uh, the swirling spiritual Valkyries slash their spears into the into the vampires around Rowan, and you can see like their uh, their wounds are just spraying into little bits of gritty ash and dust. Uh, All right, so actually, Glaz now for reals. Uh, Glaz is going to uh, seeing that he's away from his vampire spawn. Uh, his original anger. Uh, you're also seeing that there is this large guardian of faith sort of guarding uh, Valka right now. Um, mm -hmm. He is, and he's got a shot. I assume he's, he's within 90 feet of Cassinia, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's got a shot. He pulls out the diamond and whoosh, it's going to cast a chromatic orb uh, at third level. At, uh, I will uh, let you know that there are just a bunch of people clustered around her. So she will have half cover. 
but uh, but yeah, you got a shot at her. Can I can I get a position where I could where she wouldn't, or is it uh, just there's too much with the so stairs it, and everything else? I mean, yeah, between the banister of the stairs and the people she's engaged with, and yeah, basically, uh, you, you know what? Up, if you could get up the stairs and attack down at her, that'd work. But I don't know that you have a a means for that. Uh, not and be able to cast a spell. <laughs> well, I mean, you can misty step. I could misty step, but I can't misty step and then cast chromatic orb. You can't. Okay, uh, hang on a second. I've got something here. Your finger suddenly grows ice cold, and you hear the voice whisper in your mind, "Get ready." Your vision goes black. Everyone else around you, you see this sort of weird, blurry black smudge smear out glass, and then when it fades, he's gone. At the same time, you see another one of those smudges appear up the stairs, and when it fades, glass is there. You have a clear shot at Kosinia's back. Thank you, Walker. Let's do this. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay, after coolness like that, please give me my roll, and plus a plus gets me there. Uh, well, that's a nat that's freaking a, 20. That's a natural 20. <laughs> there it is. I, I, this, is, this is a moment right now. Uh, yes, yeah, so Glass. Oh, that was a level the, 3 chromatic there, so that's going to be 10 d8. Holy Christ. There it is. Um, <laughs> glass with the fury in his eyes. Um, I, I know I can't make it void damage. I'd love to make it void damage just because he said he was going to, but that's not one. That, you can't do that. Uh, but uh, he is going to make it fire damage. And uh, he just looks down at her and he goes, not even the void is good enough for you. Burn, bitch. <laughs> you so Glaz pours his fury into the spinning diamond hovering over his palm as just the horrible, horrendous image of Valia's bleeding throat hovering in the air just plays through his mind over and over again. He gathers this massive, almost solar flare-like gathering of flame that becomes almost white hot, and it streaks across the intervening space. You can see it lighting the stairs and the banister on fire as it shrieks its way down the air, strikes her in the back. She stiffens, throws her head back with her eyes wide and is utterly consumed. The flame explodes, pours through her body into her veins, and you can see down on the, the those of you fighting her below, Riodan, you stagger back and actually catch like a, a second degree burn on your face from her hands as she immolates from this, uh, this arcane assault. And you can see her skeleton backlit through her skin from the intense fire, almost plasma-like behind her. And then in a second, she's gone. Just a smear of greasy ash that is vaporized by that spell. In its place, there is just this swirling cloud of smoke. <laughs> At the end of Glaz's turn, unless you have something else to do. No. The smoke begins to pour down the steps like it's thicker than air, drifts past Rioden, 
just down to the, so it's like swirling like ground fog around your boots right now. Oh no, something's wrong here. Yo, um, you know this. Wouldn't Rhea notice? Sorry, not, not trying to be meta. Rio then would probably yeah. know this. Um, she's not dead. That's her. That smoke is her. You have you've destroyed her body and reduced her to this, and now she's going to seek out her resting place to regenerate and seek her revenge. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so that was Glaz's turn. Rowan. Oh, what the fuck do I do after that? Well, there's a vampire spawn right there. Yeah. <laughs> so what have we got left? We've got... I can only things. imagine you have a guiding bolt. Uh, the pit fiend is yeah. still struggling against those strange lashes of the uh, the Aranese devils, and they're starting to quarter him, pulling him in four different directions. And he's lashing out at them, but something about these bindings is reaching him on more than a physical level. Okay. Well, I think it's this vampire spawn is still grappling Reardan. Uh, I don't Something think so. I think, I think Cosinio, Cosinio yeah. was grappling him. That grapple is broken. But it's it's still grappling me though. Oh yeah 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 no it's it's grappling okay. you yeah sorry <laughs> you are grappled. Okay. It's going to try and struggle against it and cast guiding bolt because I have a brand. So to you will you will have disadvantage because you're trying to cast well, well, a ranged attack when you're next to him. Actually. I'm going to ghostly flesh and get the fuck out of there. All right, there you go. So Rowan, once again, uh, as you've seen her do before, dissolves into this uh, spiritual kind of ephemeral, not really matter, but substance. Uh, she is drawn and clear and ghostly, and she just drifts out of the creature's grip. At the end of her turn, the mist flows farther along the wall. Uh, Tilly, your turn. Okay. Can I, as a bonus oh, sorry. action, healing word, yeah. healing word myself? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Sorry. Go right ahead. <laughs> so so do that. Uh... Handle that, and it's Tilly's turn. Tilly's yeah, just going to still try to fight out this guy on her defending her, her Lady Pola, if she can. I mean, Paul's yep. doing much better than she is, but, you know, in her own mind, she's like, I've got this. i got to protect this lady. Ah, <laughs> oh, why? I'm sorry. It's okay. There you go. Uh, oh, oh, I see what happened there. The Rowan's roll popped up at the same time. I was very confused. Okay, yeah, tw <laughs> 21 hits. Hurt him. Make him cry. Well, not as a little blast, but that's okay. <laughs> just, a, just a little guy. No, but you catch him in the ribs and you hear something break. Your backswing yeah. catches him on the other side. <laughs> Aiming right for the burning parts of his face. Nine. Oh, Which God. All right, so you can hear his bones breaking, and he's starting to, like, have difficulty moving now just because there's not enough structure to his body for the muscles to pull them right. But he's still up. Shield bash? Shield bash. As she does, she'll probably never get the holes. That's another hit. Good lord. <laughs> he had seven hit points left. So you what? just you just kind of 
boot stomp him in the chest and his legs go out from under him and he topples backwards. You stand over him, lift your shield and drive it down on his trachea. It crushes his throat and you hear the vertebrae pop as his neck severs. He shudders and begins to crumble into dust inside of his stolen armor. (laughs) And finally, finally, the bleeding, the blood that's been drawn out of your wound every time he waved the sword near you finally begins to slow. <laughs> Probably not even noticing. She's just crying and hoping that Paula likes <laughs> Please validate me. <laughs> I did good, right, Bob? <laughs> uh, so that was Tilly's turn. Uh, Paula is just like panting and looks at you and just grins broadly and nods once. Um, Cloak, your turn. Uh, the one still in front of me? Uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to uh, use my planar warrior and attack him. Yep, get him. Uh, what is that? That didn't. Well, I didn't even see what I rolled. Uh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't see anything. Okay, I think it was uh, an uh, an eight plus five, which is uh, twelve. Fifteen hit. Fifteen just hits. Oh God. <laughs> So once again, stealing the energy of the devils around you, infusing it into your strike, you nearly cut this thing's head off. It's You slice through his neck, and it's just sort of hanging by sinew. Second attack? All right. Second attack. 18. There it is. You got him. Uh, 12 damage. No, no, wait. Is that 12? Yeah, 12 damage. Yeah, that's 12 damage. You just sort of twist your sword in his neck and just lever it down and push it the rest of the way through and the fire burning through his neck sort of does the work. His head comes free and with a gurgle and a clunk, it bounces on the floor and just poof, gray dust. Did we run? <laughs> so Tilly's dead. Yet. Cloaks is dead. There is one vampire spawn left that you can see and you can see the cloud of, of mist rolling away. Uh, Wait, Paula. Paula uh, reaches over towards you, Tilly, and kind of grabs your arm, looks at you and says, are you all right? I'm all right. I mean, no, a scratch, a little scratch. All right, so <laughs> she, uh, she like uh, lays her hand on your cheek, closes her eyes and whispers a prayer. And you heal for 10 hit points. The bleeding in your arm stops. Yeah. All right. Uh, Paula. Cosinia. The mist drifts along the wall and then flows under a door. The, uh, the devils in their strange struggle hovering like up in the middle of the air over the uh, the ballroom is raining these horrible reddish orange sparks all over the place the the four Aranes give a cry as one their wings surge and they all rip backwards and as they yell you can hear something else it's like a subtone and you can't really make it out but they're saying something and each of them says it like in different pieces that blend together into one cohesive word. And when the pit fiend hears this thing that they yell, it stiffens, its eyes go blank, and it just rips to shreds, and blackish ichor rains down all over the dance floor. 
Um, Glaz and Cloak, you guys could make an intelligence arcana check to see if you can figure out what just happened. Glaz is a little bit distracted. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you have no freaking idea what that was. What the hell was that? <laughs> uh, the guards. So at this point, we have a single vampire spawn left who is going to let go of Rowan. Well, he already let go of Rowan. She ghosted away. He's going to disengage from Riodan and run like hell for the backyard. Well, that's um, trigger either of my guardians. Oh, shit. How far away did you drift? Uh, well, we didn't say. I probably would have gone. I mean, I assume you towards. Like, did you want to keep him in the spirit guardians? Yes. Okay. Well, then uh, roll me three d eight and let's see if this matters. Okay. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> nope. Does not matter. All right. With his uh, impressive seven hit points remaining, the swirling storm of vengeful Valkyries rip him to pieces and shreds of clothes and thick hunks of greasy ash rain down on the floor. <laughs> so he done. Okay. Uh, at this point, Nothing you can left. see uh, you can see um, Anastasia looking around frantically with this uh, look of determination but also sort of suppressed terror stamped over her features. And uh, she just kind of looks up at the four no longer angelic-seeming beings. And you can see that their armor is now running with molten gold that's dripping off of them, and it just sort of evaporates before the gobbets of molten metal hit the floor. Uh, So, where are we at here? That was was the poor bastards. That's Riodan's turn. What do you got for me? Uh, She drifted under a door. I'm going through that door. Okay. All right. You uh, rip open the door, and you can see... You don't see her. What's in the room? So in this room is a hallway with several other doors. Uh, It looks like it's probably a servant's entrance, and it looks like there's... You can hear uh, shouts of alarm kind of echoing from down the hallway and people sort of yelling and questioning, What is it? What is it? What's happening out okay, there? Okay, I divine sense. Ooh, nice. Uh, so that will only detect her if she doesn't have total cover from you, unfortunately. Uh, so, I want—I just want to sniff. Right. Uh, you don't catch any any uh, trace of her at the moment. No open doors. Uh, no open doors. No. Uh... But you only, so you only. You only moved about uh, 10 feet to the door. You open it as yeah. a free interaction. Then you use your action. So you still have 20 feet worth of movement left. I guess I moved to the nearest door. To move to the it. nearest door. Sure. Uh, why don't you roll me a d20? 19. You lucky fucker. All right. You pull the door open, and you can see this swirling ground fog. Like... It's almost vortexing around the stone floor, and you can see it's pouring down these tiny, tiny, tiny holes that have been bored through the stones of the floor. Oh, so she's disappearing through the fucking floor. She's she's flowing through some little holes that were drilled in the floor. 
beneath the power of blossoms. You lucky bastard. Uh, can I see down now? Uh, down into the holes? Yeah. No. No, you're, so you're not close enough. You don't have the speed to get to her at this point. Uh, yeah. And they're like small. They're like 16th of an inch sort of drill bit like holes. <laughs> they're tiny. Um, All right. All so right. that's, unless you have a bonus action, I think that's it for your turn. Well, I was going to try and Misty Steps if I could see the space, oh. but... Oh, 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 there you go. Um, you definitely can't see from where you are, and you're not close enough to, like, get there and try yeah. to look down. Maybe you could try that next turn. I'm going to try it next turn, yeah. Yep, Glass, your turn. Um, he runs down the stairs. Um, he runs down the stairs into Valia. Okay. She's okay. Or have she run yeah, over to Valia. stabilized, but I mean, she was barely stabilized, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Yo. barely. Just... Uh, so, like, despite all of the healing that Rowan put into her, she's still essentially at zero, but stable. Right. Um, you're safe for the moment, at least. Um, and, um, oh, glass. He, I think he's going to be, I'm going to use my action to just make sure she is, uh, or if, you know, either flip this couch back over or put her on a couch so that she is. You can, you can carry her somewhere. So she'll be like out of the way of being trampled or whatever. It's a little disturbing. Those four warrior devil women are still flying up in the air with this molten gold running off them in rivulets and kind of vanishing above your head. Just sort of staring at you with these sardonic smiles and these glitters of amusement in their dark eyes. It's a little unsettling. I forgot they were up there. Um, But no, they clasped. But I mean, they're just they're just kind of hanging out. And they just ripped the pit fiend Cosinia summoned to pieces. Oh, this is when the player and the character wanted to do two entirely different things. Uh oh. Glass dimension doors with. Dimension uh, doors where? 500 feet, like out the front. Just like, like out? Okay. Like literally out of the mansion with. All right. Uh, yeah. So. He uh, carefully picks up Valia's unconscious form, sort of cradles her, gives one uneasy look up at the devils, and just speaks one single word in ancient Ankashelian, and there's a slash in the air that looks like a bright blue line. It twists almost like a, a spiraling doorway, and as it twists around him, it goes back to a line, and they're all gone. And you guys appear out in front. I wonder if he's going to get late. I'll probably look at least to Rowan since she said to take care of Maya and be like, uh-huh. I'm taking care of Maya. Okay. Yeah. The cool. misty form of Rowan just sort of gives what you think is a nod. Ghostly thumbs up. All right. Uh, Riodan, you can see at this point the mist fi- finishes kind of funneling its way down these holes through the floor. Is it a creature? It is a creature. Okay. So, <laughs> this is like uh, the last thing I have is my channel. Well, uh, well, hold, hold, no? hold on, because it it's not your turn. It, it took oh, a legendary okay. action at the end of Glaz's uh, turn to move. So Vampires are fast. Uh, yeah. Rowan, it's your turn. 
I saw where Riordan and the mist was going, yes? So, you know what, at this point, we can actually kind of break out of specific initiatives. If you guys are chasing the, the mist, that's important. Yeah. But we don't need to, like, go step by step. You can just kind of tell me what you're wanting to do at this point. Oh, uh, Rowan is so. still ghostly, so she's flying towards where Riordan is. And if she can right. see the last of the mist going through the holes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'll say I'll say you see the last cigarette smoke like wisp of the fog pull down the hole and he's pointing, he's like, get a bitch. Can I dive? <laughs> Shit, I forgot about ghostly flesh. Yeah. Uh, Rowan just floats over and just dives through the floor like a spirit. You Ooh. made this. I did. <laughs> this is your fault. I did. I did, I did. No, I did this. All right. Uh, so at this point, I am now comfortable just go ahead and breaking initiative, and we can just go kind of narratively here, because unless you guys are going to do something froggy, the combat is essentially done. So Rowan, you flow, just your substance, your spirit slips through the physical uh, structure of the floor, and you're down in a um, essentially like a bare almost crawl space not even like a series of little holes that have been bored through the rock to make almost like a pipe through the stone and it flows down into a basement through another wall that you just follow along you're you're, you're in no hurry you can keep pace with it it only moves about 10 feet every time it moves uh so you can easily keep pace with it even with its legendary actions and you float through another one of those walls and you find what looks like another section of the cellar or the basement that has been sealed off, not just like bricked up, like they built another wall here to cover it. There's no door, it's just a solid stone wall. And inside is this box-like crypt with an elaborate sort of um, rich, polished black coffin with a holy symbol of Morena in red gold emblazoned on the front and you can see the mist just sort of curling up and flowing through the cracks into the coffin and then silence uh quick question Dan. Okay. yeah sure does my ethereal jaunt get me through those holes how 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 dis how long is the distance in those uh how long does it last for you just around right yeah uh, so you're not exactly sure, and can you use it again? I thought you had to recharge it after using it once. Oh, shit. Yeah, I think so. Hold on. Yeah. I, I believe it's after a short rest, so... Right. Good catch. I can't do it. Uh, also, you have no idea how deep the floor is or whatever, so you just have to risk it. Yeah, that's very true. Okay. <laughs> I, I didn't know if you could like see down the hole and be like, oh, there's a sewer pipe. So the okay. holes, like imagine like a 16th inch drill bit that someone drilled six or seven holes through the floor. That's what you can't really see much through it. <clears throat> All right. So uh, Rowan, you uh, are just sort of floating, ghostly, luminous, silent over this richly appointed coffin that the mist just flowed into. It's going to run ghostly hand over the coffin and just think Wotan, please help me destroy this creature so that she may never do or harm anyone again Can so do you I... want to resume solid form or do you want to stay ghostly? Oh, you can stay ghostly, it doesn't matter I can say, I'll just say ghostly till, till that ends yep. can I 
can I flip the lid up on this coffin? So I'm going to say the coffin is locked. However, what you can do is just push your arm through, find the latch, and undo it, and then lift it open. So uh, your your hand passes through the coffin. You can feel this cold dampness inside as your fingers pass through the mist that is the substance of this vampire lord, this vampire lady. You open up the coffin and the mist swirls, but it just sort of stays there, filling this coffin like dry ice fog. Do I know if I can do anything to this? Uh, you make me an intelligence religion check? Oh, come oh. on! <laughs> yeah, you're not sure exactly what's going on here. You could try. Send me a message. <laughs> okay. Yeah, is that. If you have another third level spell slot, you can try ascending to Rioden to ask him what the F is going yeah. on. I'll do a... Yeah, I'll do ascending. Okay. I'm going to save it for a, for a really tough guiding bolt, but... So, what do you, um, what do you ask? Riodan, I found her coffin. Her essence is here. What can I do to destroy her? Okay, Dan, so, I think is uh, <laughs> so here's the thing. You know that she's not going to resume her physical form for a while. And mm-hmm. until that happens, that's your best bet. That's where you can drive a stake through her heart, cut off her head, all that, all wow. that fun shenaniganry. However, she needs her resting place to rejuvenate. If something happens to her resting place, say if it were poured with holy water or something silly like right. that, that would consecrate it enough that it would no longer be suitable for her to rest there and she would simply fade away. Yeah. I say something like, consecrate the consecrate the ground, holy water, burn it. I don't know. Fucking there kill her. Yeah, that's... <laughs> <laughs> then it rambles off into like his split mid sentence. It just rambles off. <laughs> <laughs> and this cuts him off mid rant. So, what would you like to try, Rowan? Okay. This. Well, I do have holy water in my well, cleric's pack. That'll do. Is that going to That'll do it. Do? <laughs> so you pull <laughs> open a flask of holy water. It's like stamped does. with a rune and tied with little bits of feathers. And yep, you pop the cork, thum, and just start dumping the shit in there, praying to to uh, to Wotan as you do. As the water pours through the mist, there are these little crackles of white light, and you can see the mist just dissipates as the water hits it. And as it starts to clear, you can see that the bottom of the coffin is lined with dry earth and it starts to mix with the holy water and it swims into mud and uh, the mist starts to like vibrate almost like it's crackling and recoiling from everywhere the holy water touches and it just starts to reach up in these finger-like tendrils that start spreading out into the room. Several of them pass through your ghostly form and you hear this faint, agonized, distant whisper I will have my vengeance on you, Shade. And then with a faint, the last of the mist just dissipates. You will never have anything again, vampire. And the voice is gone. 
So uh, I would say after uh, after a minute or two, Ryoden, just swearing sulfurously, maybe thinking about maybe if he could start breaking through that stone floor with his dagger or right. some shit. <laughs> so he's, he's, he like goes and finds a big marble statue. He's like, oh, this will fucking right. do it. <laughs> so you're I'm crushing the jungle cr- in the library. Yeah, <laughs> you're, you're cr- yeah you're crushing a marble bust into gravel, trying to break this granite stone floor with it. And uh, when Rowan just sort of flows up ghostly and uh, and translucent from the floor. She rises up out of it. Did you get her? Then she'll just go, boo. (laughs) (laughs) She will never harm anyone again. Well, I hope not. She said that she would have her vengeance, but it's a bit hard for her to reform when she doesn't have a resting place. Good. She done. (laughs) You guys already got her backup resting place. I smile and walk back into the room and I don't stop tearing apart people's bodies for 24 hours plus. What, really? You're just going to start killing the sleeping people? No, the bodies. Just the bodies of the vampires left in there. Oh, so you're like, okay, you're like scattering ash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. It's like my consecration. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Holy shit. I'm consecrating the ground is what Brudan sees it. Got it, got it, got it. The Enrici, what are they doing? The what? The Enrici? Oh, the Aranese. So the Aranese just sort of of watch you all for a while, uh, amused, sort of like... uh, they have this like condescending sort of feel and look to them, like, oh, look, like, at, look, look at the ants scurrying around. Isn't that adorable? And uh, the more, the longer the time goes on, the more their armor runs with this molten gold. Their helmets, it's tracing these glimmering rivulets on their pale flesh. And, uh, and as time goes on, you can see that they themselves seem to be melting away as this stuff runs off of them and evaporates. Okay, uh, so in, in Infernal, I'd be like, so I mean, what are you guys doing here? I don't understand. Did someone summon them? She smiles and says, uh, well, one of them, she, <laughs> one of them smiles at you and says, little gnome, you can't afford us. Don't even try. Oh, no, I want to know who summoned you. I don't want to summon you. She smiles again and shakes her head and says, that information you'd have to pay, and we're already bought. But we'll give you regards to Mammon, and then they just sort of melt away to nothing. Who's Mammon? Mammon? One He's of- the archdevil yeah. of greed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of the lords of the hells. <laughs> Pro- yeah, probably, probably the devil that your people have a thingy with. <laughs> Maybe. Possibly. Uh, no, Mammon is not one of the archdevils that you invoke when you uh, when you do your thing. Oh, never mind. Um, so yeah, all right. Uh, so Tilly, I, how, what are what are you doing during this whole time while all this is happening? Just kind of regrouping, catching your breath. <laughs> I mean, you frankly, Tilly, Tilly's just still there, like wondering where where did they go and like what are these devils doing? I don't know what is happening. And you're literally <laughs> seeing Cloak talk to them in their language. Just confuses yeah, yeah. all my is looking at yep. Paula like, I don't know what's yep. going on. Like, I 
I don't know. I don't even know where Rowan is anymore. She's the one I was supposed to be putting in here to protect to figure out where this chosen one was going. And now they're both gone. Just like spilling the whole story about like I don't understand. You know? So uh, that that goes on for maybe 10, 15 seconds. Becomes very clear that it's just going to keep going. She grabs you by the collar of your armor, pulls you close, and crushes you with a kiss. Okay. Well, shades of red and. Thinking about I did that. This is wonderful. I don't even remember what happened anymore. This is great. This is the best thing of the whole adventure. I'm having a great time. All right. So Out in wonderful. front, uh, actually, let's let's go ahead and. F- uh, flash forward a little bit uh, as you guys are just basically making your way out of this carnage-filled hellhole. Um, I'm trying to wake people up. They're not waking up. It looks like they're all poisoned. Um, with They're drugged, so they're in very deep, comatose-like sleep. And uh, Anastasia suggests that, uh, that her people will take care of them uh, and see if she can fetch some priests well, that they, might be able to help. They better. I might have killed one or two. It's her fault. I'm gonna. You might have the killed one or two. Lady. The blue house lady. Okay. I'm cast Lesser restoration on her and Thrick. All right. Okay, so you walk over to this lady who's wearing this lovely blue gown. She's probably in her early fifties, human woman. Um, she has sort of short-cut blonde hair that's going to gray, and uh, she has scars on her face that look like maybe knife scars, and uh, a couple on the back of her hands and her arms too. But her gown kind of covers it. Um, mm-hmm. You lay your hand on her, sp- speak your spell, and uh, and she slowly comes to as your spell purges the poison from her body. She blinks and looks up at you and says, "Well, this is interesting." Oh yeah, and kind of looks around and Hell rubs the party. back of her neck. All right. Uh, she seems very groggy. Uh, even though you've purged the poison, she has some after effects going on, and it looks like she doesn't really have her full senses. She's kind of taking some time to pull herself together. Uh, you can go and minister to Thrick as well, and he'll start uh, he'll start dragging himself up. And the first thing he does is reach for the tankard that he set aside at no, the, uh, no, <laughs> at the no, side table. No, no. <laughs> I told everyone these are probably poison. I was right. So, fuck! Don't drink that. <laughs> Drink the, uh, go, go to the fucking silk scabbard. Get a drink, man. Uh, and then I tell, I tell he the, just He just kind of mumbles something about that being a great idea, and he wanders out into the backyard, into the hedge maze. I'll have to do it And the blue house lady and be like, uh, yeah, me and my friends uh, saved everyone. Uh, we're amazing and awesome. I just want to say that. Um, uh, but yeah. Okay. So yeah, as you guys are kind of gathering everything up, get, uh, getting yourselves together, you head out the front door to try and find Glaz and Valya. Glaz, uh, we're just going to go ahead and gloss over what's happened out here for a moment. We can maybe catch mm-hmm. it up in flashback form later, but we are way over, and I do want to get this wrapped up. Thank you for staying with us, everyone. Oh, my goodness. Uh, as you all come out, the the large double doors leading to uh, the front yard, realizing that it's still only like 8, 9, 8.30, 9 o'clock, maybe 10 at the latest, the outer area is extremely well lit, much brighter than you remember. And as you come out, you actually have to shield your eyes as there are these intense lanterns, these light sources filling the entire front courtyard with this golden radiance that for a second makes you think the sun has risen. And 
Glaz is on his knees next to Valia's body, and there is a, uh, a the blade of a longsword resting on his shoulder next to his throat with a slight golden sheen to the metal. As you look around, you kind of raise your hands and, and cover your eyes from the glare. You see figures in steel and white enameled armor chased with gold and brass, each of them bearing the golden sunburst of Kors, the sun god, and on their shields and their breastplates and their tabards, the emblem of the knightly order of the undying sun. And an individual steps forward, his uh, boots crunching on the white gravel, his long sort of sweeping mustache and his blonde hair pulled back. He raises his chin defiantly and looks directly at Riodan and says, I am Sir Timon Ganfrey, Knight of the Undying Sun. By the power vested in me by the Council of Zobek and the authority of cause the Undying Sun, you are arrested and condemned. And that is where we're going to let it off for the season, and we'll pick it up next what? time. <laughs> no! <laughs> oh, boy. Well. They're all about to remember this as a day that they almost caught. Really. Almost, ah! <laughs> as I missed it. <laughs> I will say that there are 30-ish people arranged kind of in a semicircle around the entrance to the house there. But don't worry <laughs> about that later. So... Yeah, uh, really sorry will. again for how late we've run over, but uh, yeah, that wow. That, wrap of wrap on season two. <laughs> that is season two, my friends. Oh my god, what a combat! What an epic finale! What a oh, I'm so glad we killed that fucking woman. I'm so glad I rolled a nineteen. On... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I was giving so you a, I was giving you one. Oh, yeah, Jesus. I was giving you a 10% shot. You needed a 19 or a 20 to pick the right door. Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, I used everything. I used all my oves, all my lay on hands, uh, my sacred oh, oves, my, my crits. Yeah, yeah we, whew, I wanted her dead. 95 uh, damage, we... you madman. I know. <laughs> oh, fuck, Jan. She was what? at full health before that. She had regenerated to full. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that was so good. Oh my god, and thank Ooh. you guys for uh, for staying with us in tonight's session. Um, before we 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 do our sort of uh, our wrap up here, I guess they have waited very patiently for news on what's happening in the time. next season. <laughs> <laughs> so let's have a let's let's do our announcements. So as um, you will be pleased to learn, uh, this is not the end of the world tree burns. This is uh, season two is not where we end things. There will be. I can confirm a season three of the World Tree Burns. Uh, hurrah and huzzah for us um, for that. So big thank you to Kobo Press for that. But even bigger news, even more exciting, I think, um, at least for me personally, and I think for, for the World Tree Burns, is that I will be taking a uh, position as the new Kobold at Kobold Press, and I will be the Twitch director over on twitch.tv forward slash Kobold Press, where the World Tree Burns will be moving next season along with a host of other Midgard-themed uh, shows with uh, creators from Kobo Press and beyond uh, joining us for that. So if you haven't followed the channel, well, no one actually has yet. So you can go over on twitch.tv forward slash Kobo Press, the Twitch channel was only just created. Uh, we'll be back with the new season over there, and we're going to be bringing some, uh, some other shows over there as well. Um, super, super excited about that. And uh, yeah, everything that means. But 
Oh boy, I don't, I can't even begin to think what's going to happen now in season three. Uh, I've been stressed for like the past four and a half hours. I have such yep. a fucking headache. Um, oh, no. For all, <laughs> it's a good headache. It's, Go it's coming toward the end. <laughs> oh yeah, as all the all the slaughter, I've been so stressed about what action to take next. Um, but boy, was it worth it. So thank you oh, guys. He uh, back. There he is. We got him back. No, uh, just what happened there. I don't know. Your internet's playing up or something. Did you, uh, did you hear the announcement, Squall? <laughs> no, I did not hear the announcement. Ah! All right, oh, take, it, take it from the top. <laughs> Stop the episode again. Don't Season start again. Green light, and we're doing it on the Cobalt Press official Twitch channel, which Will is going to be the newest Cobalt in charge of. So I cannot Sweet. wait for that. Very nuts. Yeah. Um, so yes, I will be corralling many kobolds uh, to, to make this happen. But let's get around a cast of the crew. Boy, what a great job everyone's done, not only on tonight's episode, but on the, the whole season, 16 episodes. Um, we've been playing now for you know, probably the best part of a year. Close to a year. Yeah, we're coming, we're coming up yeah. on a year. That's super exciting. Dan, fantastic job tonight. I don't know how you do it, keeping together all the stat blocks for four and a half hours. Thank you very much. Uh, that was amazing. Um, I had a great time. There was great lead up. I loved the uh, the, the picking up from last week and moving into the party. Uh, I feel like uh, you guys were all awesome. I, I loved where everybody's stories, personal stories went. And uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing where things go next season. Absolutely. You were a big liar as well saying, oh, next week's probably going to be mostly roleplay based. Yeah, I decided fuck that. <laughs> this is finale time. We need fireworks. <laughs> and fire. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, simply, how's that tonight for you and Tilly? You got to go. It was fun. <laughs> it was it was really fun. I'm glad I won my own personal battle of getting a girlfriend finally. And yeah. uh, <laughs> a bear mouth. Oh, so I um <laughs> I had um wondered if I was going to have time to at least cap off on story-wise of actually being able to, like, tell the story of how I would train this bear to mount. So the fact that we had the time in the woods was really nice to be able to be like, can we just say, you know, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where everything goes. I liked this last fight. I, I, I told Dan at the very beginning when I made this character that, like, I don't mind. I want to be, a, like, at the tank. I want to help do a lot of damage with the group since y'all had a lot of casters, a lot of range originally and stuff. Um, except for, you know, Cloakin, but McCloakin wasn't really meant to be a tank tank for it, but he was kind of forced to be a little bit. But, um, I, uh, but I was not, I was not, I like playing uh, characters that have a little bit of a fun and support for people who can blast through their main crazy storyline. So I am super, I'm super excited. I like literally it both in character and out of character. I'm just like, what is happening? What is happening? Oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah, it, like the whole time. Um, so I've, I've had a good time with this season. This last fight was really fun. I'm glad to watch other people just completely annihilate, you know, and then win the girl at the same time. So. <laughs> it was fun. You can find me at uh, Simply Jackson, Simply underscore Jackson on Twitch. Simply no underscore Jackson, just no underscore on Twitter. Okay, I draw people's DD characters for free. Sign up on a form. I will DM it to you on Twitter when I finish it. Cool, bye. Thanks. Three for one for my birthday. It was amazing. <laughs> throw, money, throw money at this woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. McLoken, how was that slide for you and Cloak? 
Hi, I'm McLoken. You might recognize me from such films as How to Banish a Demon and uh, Vampires. How much do they suck? Um, so, um, I this season was pretty crazy because we had to introduce new people. And then we had the aspect of like having them try to get catch up to speed, which they did a great job on doing. And mm -hmm. then having uh, like uh, uh, squalls and you will like our dynamic still there as like the bros who were uh, the OGs that were still, you know, here uh, from season one. And then now going into season three, I'm excited because uh, tonight's going to be a jailbreak. And um that's what I honestly that's what I'm thinking Cloak is gonna do is try to break Reardon out of jail. Uh but uh this season I mean there was a lot of uh character developments that were really, 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 really good. Uh with Glaz um considered going with the void and looking into void magic and like really being the intellectual who wants to know about the forbidden nothing, uh and having that. And then uh Tilly getting the girl. Uh, I think that was her main goal <laughs> this season. Uh, Rowan having the, the ghost reveal. <laughs> uh, hitting things and getting the girl, okay? She's a dwarf on dwarf kind of girl. Yeah, hitting uh, things. Anyway. Fair enough. Uh, Rowan, Rowan, uh, Rowan going through and uh, uh, the ghost reveal and having that character development and uh, keeping that hidden from us for most of the part. And then uh, Reardon uh, going from not having faith to anything to having a fun and vengeful god where he wants to murder everyone uh, and having that complete character dynamic get, get switched. Um, as well as for Cloak, I think having more of his backstory slowly be revealed. I almost said his real name tonight, but... Uh, but uh, still, it's secret from everyone. It's close. Uh, <laughs> it was close, but uh, it, it's. Uh, I'm waiting for that one to get revealed. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know what's going to happen next season. Uh, it's going to be insane, and I can't wait. That's me. Follow me at McLoken uh, on Twitter. Uh, go to my Instagram, McLoken TV. Uh, I've been doing a lot of fitness stuff lately because I've been working out and tracking it. So, if you guys have fitness questions or D and D questions, please hit me up. I don't give a shit. So. Oh yeah, I didn't. I didn't, uh, thing. I didn't do my my information thing. Sorry about that. I'm Dan Dillon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm a game designer for Wizards of the Coast on the Dungeons and Dragons team, uh, and I helped write a bunch of this cool stuff for Midgard too. Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Dan underscore Dylan underscore one. Come hang out and talk, and I love chatting D and D in Midgard. Let's do it. It's a goblin. It. And, and Scarlet <laughs> Fitness is for everyone. Okay. All right. Sorry to sorry to derail as we were. The D and D fitness gatekeepers. Oh dear, Scarlet Moth. <laughs> that's my view. Oh my god, I spent half that time with my my heart just going in a million miles an hour and and shaking. With it was so tense, and I uh, I did not know how things were going to end. But I think there was some nice resolution there for. Rio Dan especially, and just the culminating of so many different arcs. Glaz walking out the door with Balia and Tilly getting the girl and Cloak seeing a bug person. Let's not gloss over uh, that. McLoken, do you know what that was? Uh, Ice Devil. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah. So oh, uh, great. Cloak probably probably knows what it was too. Yeah. Oh, great. Love it. More devils. Just what we need. <laughs> uh, and apparently Dan is turning next season into Dragon Heist. So. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Real Dan. Or um. So uh, Zobex eleven. <laughs> Something there like that. <laughs> um. Oh, this this season has been amazing, and I'm so glad we're coming back for a season three because I think that Rowan has finally opened up, and she's she's not afraid to have that secret of being a ghost anymore because she's found her family and is going to lay her life on the line to protect them and awesome. get her get her adopted nephew out of some shit now because he's going to jail. Was it just me that was arrested, or was it all of us? Because my, my uh, I mean, Glaz was on his knees with a sword at his throat. Sword so <laughs> he is <laughs> carrying a vampire. Yeah. What? Valya's so. not a vampire. Oh, I thought she was a vampire. Oh, was she just a worshiper of Morena? She was just a thrall. Yeah, she okay. was just she was just enthralled by Cosinia. She was a hero. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, anyway, I'm Scarlet Moth. You can find me on the internet. As Scarlet Moth or on Twitter at that Scarlet Moth. I'm an artist, cosplayer, D and D lover, all that fun stuff. I'm in a new ca- uh, campaign over on Dragons Are Cats channel on Monday nights Australian time, Monday mornings for I don't know the rest of the world. I don't know time zones. <laughs> but if you want to see me play a completely different character with like a minus a minus one modifier in intelligence, then uh, go watch that. Uh, and I'm going to be anxiously awaiting next season there we are fantastic and Toll Squall hey I'm Toll Squall you can find me all over the internet as Toll Squall uh, always a pleasure always fun to play Glass. and uh, wow if you get a nat 20 and, and the kill on or the sort of pseudo kill on uh, Cosinia was very very neat uh, always love Midgard mm-hmm. always love hanging out with the gang can't wait to come back next season and uh, yeah Cool stuff. Fantastic. Uh, as myself, I'll be back here tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern, for Call of Cthulhu Masks of Nyla Fotep. We're coming close to our finale there, um, which is super exciting. Uh, then I've got Adventures Middle Earth. I'll be uh, the lore master for as well, which we head into the, the world of Tolkien, um, which is uh, which is really fun. But I'm certainly going to be missing World Tree Burns. So we won't be back here next week. Uh, we'll be announcing the sort of launch day of season three uh, as soon as we we know exactly when it is. But think about June um, yes. for, for when it's going to be a bit out. of a break. So prepare for that. <laughs> yeah, is season so, three your birthday present, Will? Yes, it is. Um, my birthday present to myself. <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that. Well, actually, what 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 day is my birth? No, uh, I won't do that. <laughs> but <laughs> we will be back uh, for a season three. Thank you guys for watching us. Thank you to everyone who's caught up on the YouTube. There's, there's tons of people uh, watching us back on YouTube. Tons of people listen to us on the podcast as well. So whether you've been watching us, whether it's live in the show, we've been watching uh, back on the the vod on YouTube or listening in the car uh, on iTunes, wherever it is. Thank you guys. Another big thank you to Kobo Press for making this show happen. If you haven't checked them out yet, go to KoboPress.com or follow them on their Twitch channel, which is uh, twitch.tv forward slash KoboPress, uh, where I'll be running the show uh, starting in June. So thank you guys again. And, uh, oh boy, until next time, try not to roll too many that ones because we want to be here live. Oh, 
before we do, big shout out oh. to Neil, editor on the podcast. I oh, want to yeah. say, we you love you, Neil. Hard work, Neil. I love you. Here's all the fortunate background noise that I can't cut out for broadcast. <laughs> all of the occasional I'm kiddo so... shrieking and laughing that you guys pick up from I'm my sorry. side of things. I'm sorry, you have to uh, <laughs> cut out all of my dog barking, Neil. Yeah. Oh my Neil, Neil is our editor. He's the best. He puts up with a lot of garbage from us, and we love him also, to pieces. So thank you. I think that we should also all thank Dan for being an amazing DM and bringing this world to life oh, for us, and also best. Will for organizing all this. Thank you, Will, for letting me slum on your channel, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, greatest honor. Uh, playing this game, but uh, it's goodness knows it's almost one AM and I'm tired. So yeah, but, yeah for an hour to I gotta so. work in the morning. Yeah. Next time, yeah. 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 Bye. Bye. Bye.